What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 19 of Behind the Bench. Um, it's been quite the journey uh, so far uh, during this podcast. It's been a lot of fun. Um, one thing we have to address before we get on with the show, um, last weekend, um, the BTB family lost a, lost a huge part, um, and, and specifically myself, I lost a, a huge part of my family. Um, I know Francesca Cimino passed away from COVID-19 um, last Monday, and uh, it was tough. It was tough. She was such a, a beautiful, kind-hearted, welcoming lady, um, so nice. The only I, I don't have any regrets, but the one thing I wish I did more was was bring my friends over and, and meet her to see how much of a gem she was. She was she welcomed anyone with open arms and was an unbelievable person. And uh, I, I loved her so much and, and will continue to. Um, and, and she was just a, a fantastic person. I, I can't say enough good things about her whenever you wanted to see her or Whenever, you know, she'd give you a call, you call her, she, she never turned you away. It was always, she was there for the biggest moments to never miss anything. Um, and it's just, it, it's, it's so sad and, and, and tough that, that she's gone. Um, but her spirit's going to be when it within us. And, and that's the one thing I, I wish, you know, and I hope that everyone can just that everyone that knew her can take from her is that how special she was and how kind she was. If they can just try and be half of what she was, the world's going to be a much better place. Um, and and I'll leave you guys with a quote here before we we continue um, with the pod um, that that my aunt Maria uh, showed me, and it says your grandparents will watch you grow, knowing that they will leave you before others. Maybe that's why they love you the most. And it's such a true statement. Um, such a great person. Uh, and I miss Nona so much. And, and I, I love her so much. Um, but let's uh, let's move on. And obviously, this episode will be um, in tribute to her. And let's get into the topics. Love you so much, Nona. All right. For the topics tonight, we have the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Um, the NBA's been bananas. Um, BTB bump talk about our, some of the past guests we've had on that have been on heaters lately uh, in their own leagues, respectively. We have our interview with David Alford and Hayden Hopkins, which are not household names by any stretch, but the, the stories from there are unbelievable. And you guys are actually going to love this interview. It was so funny. Um, and then we'll talk about how uh, the hockey situation went on in Sudbury, um, everything getting shut down and canceled. Um, we'll get into the BTB hockey pool. We'll talk about uh, the Insta Q&A with a little bit of a twist from our producer, Mason Savage. Keep you on your toes for that. And we'll end up with opening, end it off with opening some hockey cards. Um, and yeah, so those are the topics. Uh, Mace, you know what to do, baby. Bring in April wine. Let's do this thing. Episode 19 of Behind the Bench. Seems as though I've lived my life on the bad side of the moon To stir your drags and sickness still without a rustic spoon Now come on people, live with me where the light has never shone And the hornets flock like hummingbirds speaking in a foreign tongue This is my life, this is my life, this is my life my life, it's my life, it's my life, my life, my life. 
<laughs> All right. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 19 of Behind the Bench. We're back in action. Another jam-packed episode. Um, just great to see the guys again, and we'll send it over to producer Tommy. How you doing, buddy? Producer Tommy. Um, that's a good label. Producer. Huh? Sorry, co-host. <laughs> sorry, my brain scan- scrambled right now. Could you imagine... The editing, I would have to learn and do whatever Mason does. Oh, Jesus Christ. We, Producer, I kind of like that. Kinda we'd be on FaceTime even more. I like that. I like that. But uh, what's the song? I'm still alive, but I'm barely breathing. That that song? What a week we've been through. I'll, um, my condolences, obviously, to you and your family. It was uh, a tough week for, obviously, you. But um, hopefully, you're doing okay, buddy. It's it's good It's good to be back on the pod. I know this takes away a lot of stress and uh, clears, clears people's minds often and... Uh, you know, like like my birthday is twenty, I guess twenty one, twenty one days. I throw so three weeks from now, I'll be uh, I'll be uh, twenty one. And let me tell you, my my mom and Vegas, my dad uh, have been spoiling me. I got a couple nice birthday gifts already. I ordered a nice pair of Ray Bans that are coming in shortly, so uh, I'll have these nice goggles to go with uh, the other pair that I ordered. And um, my mom and the priest bless the house. And the priest bless the house. And uh, Banana Republic, I got a nice few new golf pants that I'll be uh, wearing for the Addy Cup. So it's been a good weekend, but a shitty weekend. Uh, it's good to film this, guys. I missed you guys. So looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah, I miss you guys a lot. Listen over to the actual producer, Mason Money Savage. <laughs> the co-host, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I get co-host title under this? Yeah, episode? absolutely. Um, my condolences, Al. Um, things got really real this week. And uh, we were here for you. Everyone's here for you. Um, and sorry again. But change things up. I... Uh, I had a great day today. Did a little bit of outdoor rink skating, um, watched some golf. Mem, uh, what was it? Uh, Arnold Palmer. It was fantastic. Uh, Corey Connors, uh, Idlewild course record holder. Yes, if you guys didn't know he yeah. uh, he showed up this week. Um, but oh, no, tough tough couple holes though at the end. Yeah, uh. yeah. It, Tommy, you put money on that. No, not him, because Jim, you know, he's the great Bet365 guy, and he says, uh, ah, Tom, stupid bet whenever I tell him what I do. But um, Al's, like, 0 for 2 with bets that he wanted me to do for him. So it's, Well, uh, he made that eagle. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But 16, man, I was fired up. As much as I can't stand – sorry, Mace, to interrupt you. We have to get into this now. I guess we will. As much as I can't stand Bryson, this guy, man, he might change how people – like the younger generation has got to grow up to play golf now, like the swing speed and just, you know, staying out late yesterday to the dark alley. You sent that video to our group chat. It's nuts. This guy's insane. And he, he majored in physics from, I forget what school he went to. SMU. And SMU. So he's doing all this like science background on how to improve his golf swing. This guy's insane. Insane. I lost money on Spieth again, which is uh, fantastic. He's just, he can't seem to figure it out so on Sundays. I. So it's, uh, I was, but I bought back into Spieth. I thought, I thought this was the week he's been playing man, well. He's been there for like a month straight now on Sundays, like one or two shots ahead or behind. Like, I don't know. He can't figure it out. Did you watch any golf hell? Yeah, I watched it all today. So obviously, so it's recording Sunday night. Bryson DeChambeau won the Arnold Palmer Invitational. The guy, the guy is just rock solid. Like when he's in contention, um, like watch out. The guy, like he'll make mistakes, but the way he bounces back, it, it's truly phenomenal. Like he dropped like a, a 40 footer for par today. It was unbelievable. 
unbelievable. And and those drives on six, like I've been to Bay Hill. It's hard to like stand. I was standing at the green. And it was hard to imagine anyone driving a ball close. You were, you were at that course. I went to Bay Hill, uh, 2017, man. Um, on a, on a trip with Kevin McCall, Carter salt, Grace, and salt? Anthony Zilio, it was unbelievable. Hey, oh, is that when you fell down the hill? That's so it, we'll get in. Yeah, good memory from here. Um, what a course, though! Oh, eh? dude, what a course! It oh was, my it, god, oh, gorgeous. So we're walking. It's so cool how it's in this like secluded uh, neighborhood. First off, seeing Wardle there out of nowhere. Check that story out. Episode thirteen was unbelievable, um, and so. We're there watching the golf, um, and I didn't. This was my first time on a golf course, and uh, I it was. I didn't know about like I knew there was cameras there. I didn't know how it all worked. So I'm going from green to tee, and there's a hill. I forget what hole it was, um, and I hit a camera camera line, and I go tumbling <laughs> down the hill right in front of Bubba. Bubba Bubba's seen off. And I got I got Kevin McClellan's mom hovering over me. Are you okay? Are you okay? I get up. I'm like stunned that I just rolled down a hill. Um, you, you had yeah, you had to be there. It was unbelievable. But that course is gorgeous. Um, Corey Connors um, didn't get much camera time at the start of the tournament, even though he was leading the entire time. But obviously, they showed him a lot today. Um, he holds obviously the course record from the tips. At the ID, can I tell you what holes he birdie? So I looked up his scores. Um, listen to this, okay, Tom. Listen to this. I'm, I'm listening. Okay, this one's gonna blow your mind. Um, so he made zero bogeys at the Idlewild from the tips okay, yeah. on, the fi- on the final day. On yeah. the final day. On the final day. Um, he birdied five, which is a good hole. He birdied eight which is a hole the from the tips is tough, but it is a birdieable hole. Nine. He birdied from the tips, 13. He birdied from the tips, 14 from the tips, 16, 17 birdies. He parred 12. He parred one. He parred two. Unbelievable. Unbelievable that he did that at the Idaho. And you got to think about Sunday pins. He birdied 17 with a blue pin back left okay mates you got anything on that spicy i was volunteering i was like a gao scorekeeper or something for this tournament and this guy had 18 pars in a row on saturday just every single hole didn't make a single birdie next day course record hello been on here ever since that was 10 years ago 11 years ago 10 uh 11 years ago Um, he 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 birdied the hardest holes on the course arguably yeah I birdied six in the ID Cup. Oh, like <laughs> um, the ID Cup bullshit. Yeah, net, like, net birdie. The ID Cup bullshit's equivalent to my Telus Cup references. Now I think I have to do that. Not one, not not two, not three with the ID Cup stuff. But you know, <laughs> I, I'm a respectable co-host. What's I don't call you guys out for your your accomplishments. So, um, what he was went four under on the back of the ID Wild from the tips. Um, thirteen par five, right? No, no 13 is the uh, hill up the hill. Sorry, you got to go over the water. Oh, he birdied the, the par 314. Wow, okay. So, now here's the question here's the question I posed to you watching Bryson do what he did today. Yeah, you give Bryson a week to practice at the Idlewild, 
learn the course. You give him one round. What does he shoot from the tips at that one? Does he break 65? Yes. yes. Oh, God, dude. This guy, man. Jim, he is He absurd. could drive almost every hole at the at the Idaho. Do you see him read the greens, the green books that he has? Yeah. It's like it's like Bill Nye there or like when that 21 Jump Street when there's numbers everywhere and he's right on the board. It's like insane. Um, what, what are you texting me here? Hang on. Hang on. I'll pop him back. Yeah, yeah, okay. Do. So I think he would shoot. Like is ten under like sixty two? Like I, I can see that, Jim. So he can he can drive he, he can Eagle reach ten. He can reach one and two. He can drive two. He can almost drive three. Four four is a part of three. Five he can drive, and these are all like without drivers. Oh, six, dude! On eight he's cutting the corner. Six would be a joke for him uh, with a driver. Um, seven is a tough hole. Um, eight, he'd carry, carry the corner, like no problem, make it down the hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nine, he can almost drive the green. Ten, ten would be risky, but he could do it probably with a fucking two iron. I'd say Jim, a come on. six iron. He he'd shoot like 61, 62. He could drive like, eleven. Uh, Corey Connors what shot? He shot could drive six. twelve. Corey Connor shot 63, right? Is that what you said? Bird almost 65, drove 12. 65. 65. And this is before he was even, like, at his peak. If he I played again, this he'd be, like... This is an amateur tournament. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, Bryce and Deshambo. Like, Jim and Mace, I get you guys both opinions on this. A lot of people don't like him. Like, I don't think he's ever done anything to me to not like him as a fan. Like, it's... all the club speed stuff, I find, like, you're doing something new for the game. Like, I don't know, like... how. He's dedicated to his craft. He, like, how can you hate him? He's not cocky or anything. He, he's just hard to he's hard to like. Why? Because he swings the club fast? No, 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 no. It's just the whole science. Like, it's hard. The science stuff. Like, That's he, golf he tra- is, though, but he dude. tries to get relief from everywhere. Like today, he got okay. Yeah, that that hazard with the green when he putted there with the sprinkler was a little questionable. You know, or like. He's just like he's he's weird, but it's different. It's cool. Like it's yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. He's he's different for sure. But um I think him doing the little double like celebration after he loves the game. He loves that was the game. sick. He loves the he, game. You're right. He just loves the game, and like, he loves to get better, and he wants to be the best. So okay. that to me is hard to like, like dislike he, a player. Okay? Here's another thing I don't like. Okay, <laughs> so today. They interview him. They go, Bryson, he just walked off 18. Bryson, how did it feel to win? Um, blah, blah, blah. You know, an emotional day today. He goes, okay, uh, first off, I want to thank my sponsors, Cobra, Puma, uh, OneDrive. Uh, what, what's the other one? There's so many sponsors, so many sponsors. <laughs> it's like, dude, that's the first thing you're going to say. Like, And then he goes, he goes, yeah, you know, I was I was talking to Tiger. Tiger texted me before just to, you know, get after. I got a tweet here from Ryan Whitney that says, I would pay for Tiger Woods to release a statement saying I did not send Bryce in the text message today. <laughs> that is gold. Absolute gold. Um Bryson, man. Unreal. Congratulations, though. That is a sick, sick course. I can I forgot you went there. Oh, that's it's that's... unbelievable. In person, it was beautiful. 
you got these million dollar mansions like all around it. There was this kid standing out like this legit like multi-million dollar mansion with a sign that said, because they're selling like water, lemonade, like snacks and stuff. And so the kid's standing there like, help me buy a new car. And we're walking past. I'm like, dude, you're going to be fine. Don't worry. <laughs> you, you got a multi-million dollar mansion. It's all good. <laughs> um, also got a legendary selfie with uh, Ricky there. I'm going to have to send you guys that. Oh, Ricky's overrated like, no. though, eh? Yeah. Why? A little bit right now. He's He sucked uh, this week too. Uh, but anyways, was Ricky invited to this tournament? Oh yeah, <laughs> you guys are hilarious. Okay, then Tony Fina was overrated then because he hasn't won shit. He's cursed, actually. Yeah, no. he is cursed. No, he's um, just overrated. Have you heard about the Puerto Rico curse? Yeah, that is beyond me. I heard about that. It's crazy. That, I, I have to get that tweet. I, um, that one yeah, tournament. Send it out I, for Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll send it out. It's crazy. Um, yeah, it's crazy. All right, let's move on. Um, good golf talk there. Love good golf talk. Um, NBA. Okay. The NBA is starting to get a little ridiculous, okay? It's starting to get a little ridiculous. Uh, I, I need to take this over now. Blake okay. Griffin to the Nets. Tom, yeah. So, I don't know what happened with him and the Pistons, but from what I've heard, him and Dwayne Casey did not get along. And I remember watching when they were playing the Raps, which we'll get into the Raps, last week, or I think it was Wednesday when they had a depleted roster and Detroit beat them. And um, the Raptors were like eight-point favorites and still lost. But anyways, without Blake Griffin. So he is a six-time NBA All-Star. And he decides to, you know, I don't get along with the coach. I don't like the Pistons. We don't We don't win. They're not a winning organization. They, they do stink. Right now, yeah. They do suck, and they have sucked in the past. So, any it's basically like the players are running the league right now. They can do whatever they want. They can leave whenever they want. They, well, LeBron just coaches his own team. Um, LeBron and Durant when they had that uh, the All Star voting or the All Star. Well, what's the point teams? of picking teams? Half that All Star game is not even there. Yeah, <laughs> when they did. I watch that, Tim. LeBron sounds like a coach. He will be a coach, and he'll be a fantastic job. But to go back on the Blake Griffin, so he's joining the Brooklyn Nets. So now what Brooklyn was lacking was a big, and they got their big now. They had DeAndre Jordan, whatever. But, man, he, yeah, you have these four guys on the court. Blake Griffin can now shoot threes, which he's developed in his later years of his career. Yeah, It is going to be scary. Like, it's just so stupid. You won't see this in any other leagues. You see this maybe a little bit in baseball when, but baseball, the guys just take their money and go somewhere else and go to a losing team because they get paid the highest. They don't like, give you a won't shit. see that. You won't see this in hockey. Like we're talking about the Buffalo Sabres. They absolutely suck. Like Jack Eichel and they can't figure it out. Jeff Skinner scored his first goal of the year this year, but you won't. Jack Eichel already came out and said that he doesn't want to leave Buffalo. Even after they sucked for the last four years since he's been there, like the best player, the best player probably like top five in the last four years, like points wise, doesn't want to leave. But in the NBA, like it's just free movement wherever you want. And it's 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 it's, a, it's everyone says that hashtag sick league. It's it's a joke, and I'm not even excited to see if the Raps get through to play them. Like it's gonna like they're gonna destroy them. Who's gonna compete with Brooklyn in the East? Nobody. Yeah, uh, but you know what? The Raps gave Brooklyn a hard time with a, a fully loaded roster, um, yeah, and but- one. But okay. Here, here's the other thing. I watched that draft. Is there a thing against the Utah Jazz? 
Rudy Gobert and Donovan right. Mitchell went last in the draft. Right. Donovan it's... Mitchell going last did over you, did you see, Paul did, George. That's did a you joke. see LeBron go uh, my second last pick or third last pick, wherever it was, go, I need a little bit of size. And he picked up Sabonis from the Pacers when Rudy Gobert is like seven, what, two or one or yeah. whatever he is. Yeah. And he picked like a 6'10 uh, power forward. Yeah. Or I, I think maybe uh, Sabonis plays a three. But the Utah Jazz are the best record in the NBA. You know what I think it is? It's just like they know they're good. Like Utah's a good basketball team, but they haven't proven anything in the playoffs. So like LeBron Durant don't care because they got no rings. Like they haven't proved themselves yet. They're like, yeah, they're just a regular season team. We like, we'll crush them in the playoffs. Like they're okay. But it's weird, eh? How they went, both went last. Like there's a I thing find that a little, him. a little sketchy. There's a thing against him, but uh, yeah, what a joke. Um, the NBA is, but anyways, um, you know, the, we need to get one of the Toronto Raptors on because they need a BTB bump. And that's the next topic of today's show. The BTB bump is a, is a real thing and it's alive, like alive and well. Tom, read off the stats. Read off the stats. Well, the only one I have since we've dropped the NHL player that we had on, not a big deal. Marcus Foligno plays for the Minnesota Wild. Um, February 24th, we released his episode. Since that day, Mason picked up and picked him up in fantasy because, you know, just loves him so much. But uh, good pickup, Mace, because he's like, I think, 8% increased roster now in Yahoo. But he has eight points in seven games since we released his episode on February 24th. And a fight. And a, like, fights. Oh, a few fights. A few fights. Um, Zach Parise a couple games ago got scratched. Sick contract, Minnesota Wild. Sorry, Marcus, for saying that. Overrated player. But he wore the A because Parise wore the A. So he also got a, a letter now, too, since he's been on the pod. So the BT bump's real. It feels like every night I'm just retweeting Marcus's assist or goals or whatever. They had a tough night the other night when they were up uh, They were up two to Vegas, and then Vegas scored three on them. But um, the BT bump's real. Like, Damage Drew was on our last episode Tuesday, and he played – he played tonight and got a goal, which I tweeted about on our account. So, man, I think uh, I think Nick Foligno needs a little bit. Of, I'm not sure if he's listening, but he needs a little bit of a bump. So maybe we can. Uh, We're gonna we get work, him one. We're we can get work. Him one. We can work and work to get him one and get him on. As a little tease there. Um, but yeah, man, I think I think it's real. It's it's crazy. So it's alive and well. How many points, Tom? If you could Eight. check for me. Eight. Many, sorry. Eight for Foligno. But how many points check. did he have before the bump? And how many games did he go without a point? If okay. I know that I'm putting you on the spot, no, no, but I'll me... send it over to Mace to yeah, his thoughts I'll, while uh... you look it up. Mace, your thoughts on the BTB bump? Well, picking up Marcus and fantasy with Godspeed, Godsend, <laughs> whatever. You want to do. Uh, just leading me to victory. I don't know if I'm going to beat Tom's dad, Paul, in fantasy this week, but Marcus putting on a show. I think he has two Gordie Howe hat tricks since I picked him up. So, uh, yeah, it's real. Um, Nina's going to be killing in FSU next year. And she's going uh, to the Olympics. She's going to the Olympics. Yeah. Bucket and bucket right now. She's going. Are we going to Tokyo? We're go- ah, jeez. I don't know if I want to go. I, uh, You know what? I might pass on Tokyo this, this time around. <laughs> Tom, you got my stack guy. You got Yeah, you got- I got you, bud. I got you, bud. Okay. So since the start of the season, not, not including exhibition, he has six points in 13 games but so three and three three goals three assists so six and 13 but since he's been on the show he has eight and seven i mean 
I mean, there it is. There it is. And I like I watch every game. You, I think, Al, you know this. Uh, like Paulie bought the NHL you package. The package. Yeah, yeah, and I watch all the late games. It's just so nice to watch the West Coast, like Vegas and those guys. So been catching a lot of Minnesota games, and he plays a pretty important role in that Minnesota Wild team, and he's earned his contract. So I signed that ticket, baby. He plays a PK. He plays in the last minute. He he works his bag off. Obviously, we didn't we don't talk about the hits in that court category for fantasy. Like he gets four or five a game minimum, and he's he's their guy if things aren't going well during a game. He'll drop the mitts. So. We're stroking off Marcus pretty good right now. But. Love it. Love, keep it going. Um, <laughs> good stuff. Okay. A couple guys that we could get the BTB bump to is our, our interview today. Um, David Alford and Hayden Hopkins. So a um, little background. David Alford is a new Liskert uh, boy that uh, is playing with the Laurentian University Voyageurs right now. Um, the stories from his interview was unbelievable especially about the west nipissing links i that's my teaser for you you're gonna enjoy that hayden hopkins um victoria bc boy also playing for lu um unreal story about how he bounced around um the chl which was so cool to hear how it works so enjoy the interview this one it was it was nice uh it was a nice interview um not household names but the stories are priceless. So we'll send it over to Elf and Hop. And before that, I think Tom has a little ad read here. Yeah, so I'll give you a little ad read to change it up, not before like we do in the past episodes at the start. So um, this interview is not sponsored by Silver Cross, but this episode is. So before we send it over to Hayden Hopkins and David Alford, I have a little message to you guys from uh, Silver Cross Subway. Silver Cross Sudbury proudly serves Sudbury, North Bay, Elliott Lake, Sturgeon Falls, Espanola, and the Manitoulin Islands District. Making a difference in our clients' lives and providing solutions to help them with their health care needs is our priority. And that's a message from Dean and Chantel Jacqueline, who are the owners of Silver Cross Sudbury. They sell power wheelchairs, walkers, scooters, hospital beds, stair lifts, curved stair lifts, porch lifts, and obviously much, much more. Um, they also provide the following services. What don't they do here, guys? Free and home assessments, installation, service for stair lift, deck lift, or porch lift installation as well, and obviously site preparation. So contact Dean and Chantal Jacqueline for any healthcare need by phone at 705-222-0700. That is 705-222-0700. Or check them on their website or their Facebook page. The best in the business. Give them a show for any healthcare need. You won't regret your choice of giving them a phone call. Good stuff. Now enjoy, enjoy the yeah, enjoy the interview. Ladies and gentlemen, this guest we have here with us tonight can be seen at the Idaho Golf and Country Club in the summer, acting like he's doing backshop duties and working hard, but really he is just there for the free golf. From New Liskert, Ontario, a guy that knows the most about anyone who is in the elite prospect system, a Laurentian Voyager men's hockey player, along with being an intern, assistant coach, video guy, whatever the hell he does with the Rayside Belford Canadians of the NOJHL. Welcome to the Behind the Bench podcast, David Elford. Thanks for having me. You're welcome, man. Are you excited for this or what? Yeah, I can't wait. Let's go. So are you, are you done school now? For Exams the semester, For yeah. the semester. Nice. I am for nice. now, yeah. Into the, are you into the beers right now? or? A couple. Nice. Plan nice. to be. Good. Well, that, well, that's me and Alex's plan after we got a you know a couple of exams wrapped up. Yeah, and a big uh, bandwagon tour happening uh, <laughs> this December. All right, next alongside David, this person has had quite the journey, 
playing for six different teams out west in the, in the WHL, NBCHL, over four seasons, finally cracking the OHL with the Erie Otters in 2015-16. He, alongside David Alford, is the, are the first guests from behind the bench that are not born and raised in Sudbury, Ontario. But took his talents to play for the Laurentian University men's hockey team in 2018. Now it's fair to say that we consider both David and this person Sudbarians. And you just have to look as far as to his Ford Edge. And you'll understand because, man, you just got to look at the condition of that Ford Edge. You'll know he's it's took a trip around Sudbury. Ladies and gentlemen, also for sale, Auto Trader, Facebook Marketplace, Kijiji, um, eBay. It's a Ford Edge. It needs minimal work, but it's been across the country multiple times. So 5,000 over. 5,000 OVO. All right. Nonetheless, this person has won an OHL Cup and has played at the highest level in junior hockey. We can't wait to hear the stories. Ladies and gents, Hayden Hopper Hopkins. How's it going, buddy? Good. Thank you for having me. And yeah, that Ford Edge, you know, five, five grand or best offer. Let me know. Hit me up on Facebook. <laughs> All right. So let's get right into it. We'll talk a little bit first here, Tom, about how we met these two uh, mutants. So first time being in their spad class we had uh intro to spad with um kathleen zinn who's an absolute beaut of a uh prof and you know we get in there we're all nervous it's our first time sitting there in our first spad class first uni class and who do we see behind us we hear these two mutants just clacking around yipping with we're in there they were in their lu uh hockey school bag there couple you know they're just shooting this shit they're loving life they go suck up to dinner at the end of class these two idiots and we look back meet these guys and finally we we, we came to knowing that these guys are awesome guys awesome elf and hopper yeah. absolute beauts and um i'll tell you my first ever uni project spad intro to spad was with hayden hopkins we got put together so and i'll be honest at the start, I'm like, I have no idea who this Hopper guy is. And I'm not too confident right now. I'll be honest <laughs> you were with not. Him, this guy's ability. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this guy is just here for hockey. He doesn't give a shit about the program. I'm screwed. I'm going to get like a 60 on this. And program. you were nervous. That was your Very first. Very nervous. Oh, so yeah. the topics were all like different uh, ongoing issues in sport. And uh, our, we got to pick the topic. And Hopper's like, hey, listen, we can do the CHL class action lawsuit. I'm on the actual lawsuit. I'm like, okay. All right, this guy has something to add to the table. And I checked his elite prospects after, and it, and it made sense. Like, this guy knows this, knows this stuff. So, nonetheless, we get into the the presentation. And for first years, anyone that's looking to go to Laurentian, they are not compatible with Mac, <laughs> Apple products. Do not bring an Apple product. Do not come to present with an Apple product. Leave it at home. Or do it on... You were so fucking red, Microsoft. your face. So, so, I, listen, cause I saw is, your sweat in your dress shirt. So, <laughs> we get there, and we had been working so hard on this project. I had, like, animations lined up on this. Like, CHL, and then go, boom, OHL, boom, WHL, boom, <laughs> QMGHL. I'm like, oh, my God. And I showed Hopper before. He goes, dude, this looks so good. He's like, Zinner's going to love this. So, we're like, yeah, yeah, okay. So, we go... And uh, I get there, and she did say, you know, come test the classroom before you do it. 
sure enough, I didn't do that because, you know, I just thought being in high school, all they used was the Apple product. So get there and it's not working. And I'm shitting bricks. We're the first group to present. And I'm like, oh, my God, we are in one. I'm like, like miss, it, it, it's not working. I don't know what to do. She's like, well, it's not my problem. It's not like high school where the teacher's going to help you out. Like, this is, you got to figure it on, on your own. So I'm like, oh, I'm like, boys, I'm sorry. I mean, this one on the chin, I emailed it to different people. I had, I brought a hard drive. I think you even sent it to me. I wasn't even in your yeah. group. So, <laughs> so anyways, can't, can't do it. So we end up doing it on a PDF. And I had to like scroll through, like it was just, it, it was an embarrassment. <laughs> and it was like half the screen. Anyways, Hayden Hopkins comes in the save day wearing a three-piece suit. He had all his legal documents showing everyone what the highlights. Passing like, this around. Is, it, oh yeah, like no big deal. And we ended up crushing the assignment. Do you remember anything from that? Well, if like first of all, I remember my first day of class. I was late. I, sh- I got lost right. at the school and I was hungover. <laughs> the hockey boys went out bef- the night before like oh boys it's just a joke of a first day i forgot my backpack i walked in in bar clothes and i looked I'm like oh my god i'm in high school right now like everyone with no facial hair except for like a couple of us i like i thought i was in the i thought i was in the wrong class i was like oh my god like these kids look like they're 12 no but that project that was hilarious i remember same thing like, i called my dad i've been out of school for like four or five years and I'm like, Dad, like, sh- like I gotta actually do assignments now. Like, I gotta use Word document again. And like, what am I like? What am I gonna do? And he's like, I don't know. Figure it out. Make sure the teacher likes you. I'm like, okay, I'll do that. And then I ended up, you know, the class action stuff. I had my contracts, and you know, set the bar pretty high for Zinner for myself. And it's kind of all downhill after that. But uh, it was a good start for sure. Elf, you remember anything from that first year class? Uh, I remember giving Hayden a lot of answers. I remember one assignment we like had to do like the about yourself and I was like elf like don't worry like I'll print it off and bring it and Zinner was fucking hounding us don't forget it don't forget it I printed it out put it by the back door or the front door but we had prackle that morning at six o'clock in the morning I showed up to class didn't have it and he was so mad at me and I barely knew him Just absolutely sewers me in the oh, first I, week of school. I know he was so mad at me so I go to his inner like office hours and I'm like hey like I'm so sorry so you have till the end of the day to get it to me so I just ditched class the rest of the day drove home and got it and I was just oh it was not a good start unreal man yeah obviously it's safe to say we we figured it out a little bit now uh, in in this bad game we, we got to collaborate on a big LU complex project right. we'll talk about that a little bit later but let's get into the career of hopper here so uh first off why hockey and how did you really get into it um you know just actually my grandma got me into it i always liked hockey like my family would watch it typical canadian household or whatever but uh she used she went out and bought me like a fisher price plastic nets and stick and she played goalie for me and since then my parents say like i just never kind of put this put it down like i always loved hockey whenever it was on or Anything I was shooting pucks outside, um, anything I could be doing to playing hockey, to be playing hockey, you know, that's what I was gonna do. So, kind of started at a young age, and then kind of just took off from there. And so, just to fast track a little bit, your 2011 year, you had 138 points. This is your going in, like this is the year of your draft. So, 138 points. That's about the same amount of points that Alex had in like 15 years of playing hockey, roughly. And you did it in one year. Same as you, Tom. Yeah, same as me. Give or take 50. <laughs> but 1507. So you, you get drafted 257th overall by the Saskatchewan Blades in the 12th round. 
Um, talk about what it was like to get a call on draft day and like how that whole experience was for you. Yeah, it was like an emotional roller coaster to be honest with you. Like I was supposed to go a lot higher. Um, obviously that didn't happen. So I was glued to my phone. I was actually in school that day watching the board and all my buddies get drafted and not seeing your own name. It was pretty frustrating. Then I was sitting in math class and my phone rang and it was the GM, this raspy old voice. He said, we drafted you, Saskatoon Blades. We need you here in a week. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, I didn't know where Saskatoon was at the time. Like I had no clue what I was getting myself into, right. but I was just happy to hear my name called. Yeah, so obviously you get the call, you get drafted um, 2012, 12th round, 257th overall by uh, Saskatoon. So, like, were were you on the radar? Like, did you have any clue this was going to happen? Uh, not Saskatoon. Like, I had talked to almost every team in the league. I had it pinned down to – I actually thought I was going to their rival, the Regina Pats. Mm-hmm. They flew their entire, like, hockey ops department to Victoria, took me for lunch, dinner with my family, promised me to be a Regina Pat by the day after the draft. So I was pretty amped up for that but it didn't happen and then I actually never talked to Saskatoon they actually they called my mom they called my house the day before the draft I picked up I'm like hello Hayden speaking he goes oh it's Lauren Mulligan from the Saskatoon Blades I'm like oh good good, good to hear from you he's like yeah because your mom there I'm like uh yeah like yeah so I call for her I'm like mom it's for you who is it like, it's the Blades I say, okay so she answers hello he goes hey hey Mrs. Hopkins uh, would you let your son move to Saskatoon <laughs> she's like yeah he goes all right talk talk to you soon hung up that's nuts, man. Yeah, like, I'm like, you don't want to talk to me? Like, yeah. you don't want to talk to my dad? Like, you want to talk to my mom? <laughs> yeah. Like, of all people. Yeah. So that was definitely weird. And then it turns out they actually hadn't seen me play. Only They only seen me play two times in my Bantam year. And they took a flyer on me. So it was pretty fortunate. Wow, that's nuts. So you kind of bounce, bounce around in the, in the dubs. So talk about, like, your whole experience there and, like, where you played. So, yeah, so I started in Saskatoon. Um, they had the Memorial Cup the year prior. So they were pretty low on depth with prospects and draft picks and even players in the team. So it was a good opportunity for me, you know, step in maybe a little bit earlier than I would have on a better right. team. And then they actually ended up selling the team to another guy. So he came in and he traded out of the 30 guys that played for the Saskatoon Blades that year, myself included. Only one of those players is back on the team the following year. Holy. Yeah, so that was a, a big change. So I got traded to Prince George. And it was good. I made I made the team, and, you know, it, we were a very rough around the edges team. You know, we led the league in pounding minutes, right. and we had three or four fighters. Uh, but, you know, it was tough. We had a coach there that was, you know, very old school, maybe yep. a little bit out of his time. Right. Um, so that was tough to deal with, but also, you know, I got to take some of the onus on me. Like, I wasn't mentally strong enough at that point mm-hmm. to be able to deal and cope with that and use it as motivation. Um, and then I got traded to Vancouver, which was – you know that was an experience in itself um we were horrible <laughs> i played 18 games there i think we won two so that and then uh ideal yeah, yeah it was really good I, good I mean great organization don't get me wrong but you know we were not a good team at that point so a lot of learning went on in the western league that's for sure from from what i know you as hopper like i from when i watched you a couple times with the i know you're a scrappy little guy did you ever get in any fights in the who yeah, I got into a couple tussles. Oh. Um, you know, that league, the average size is probably 6'2", 240. You know, like they're those big Sasky boys that can't count to 10, but they know how to use their fists. So um, I tried to veer away from that. I actually 
a running joke. I played with two guys. One guy's name was Chance Braid. Big, tough guy. You know, he's he's a great guy. He's my vet. And then Aaron Macklin. And so we were, we had a game in Vancouver. My parents came. His parents came. My dad was like, hey, Macklin, like, how do you like playing with Hayden? He goes, oh, you know, I know I'm going to fight every game. And my dad goes, why? He goes, because your fucking son starts a fight every single fucking time. <laughs> and it was a running joke that I would go in there, stir the pot, chirp some guys, hack some guys, and Brader and Macker would just stand there. And they would, no one would lay a hand on yeah. me because these yeah. guys are two nail guns, like yeah. just as tough as the, you can be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I got into a couple tussles, didn't do too. I actually broke my wrist my first no. fight. No. So that was a tough go. But after that, I learned how to fight a little bit better. Attaboy, you get stuff. So, Tom, you got yeah okay. so you end up in the ohl after your whl stint like to me i don't even know how that even is possible so can yeah. you can you explain like how you got there and like what the process was there yeah so a little backstory for this one so i was like probably 10 11 in my basement we had like carpet and stuff so i would go down there and you know do the stick handling ball your dad always says go down there and stick handle and watch a hockey game right so i would go and do that and then sports night at the time would show like a chl game of the week so it was like an OHL game or a Q game or a dub game. Happened to be an OHL game, and it was Matt Duchesne's draft year. He was playing for the Brampton Battalion. They were playing the St. Michael's Majors. I remember these puke green jerseys. Oh, yeah. And how this thing came on the screen, like it's his first OHL game. He just got here from the Western League. I remember thinking, like, wow, that's the, that's pretty cool. Like, I'd never heard of that. Fast forward, you know, seven, eight years now. I get I leave Vancouver. It just wasn't working out. Both sides were like, okay, we're going to part ways. And I, my trainer's from Ontario. I'm like, hey, like, do you know anyone in the OHL? Like, I can do that. I'm on waivers. He goes, oh, I'll make some calls. Call my agent. He goes, yeah, I'll make some calls. So turns out a coach, uh, Coach Ziri, uh, Chris Knobloch, who's the best coach I've ever had, mm-hmm. he's from the same town in Saskatchewan that my family's from. That's nuts. So he, we have some ties what there. A small world. Yeah, what a small yeah. world, right? And then he knows my trainer, and he knows my agent. So the next thing you know, the ball's kind of rolling. Like, oh, like maybe we will. And then I didn't get my hopes up. And then I ended up actually getting picked up by them, which was, you know, pretty incredible considering they were number one in the country at the time. So I was pretty excited. Right. So how, how does that work? Do you have to, like, get a full release or something from, from the W? Yeah. So you get put onto, like, a 50-man list or rot list is what it's called. You get listed by a dub team. They hold your CHL playing rights. And so I asked for my full outright release from Vancouver. So that means I'm not on their list. I go on waivers. So it's CHL waivers. So every single team in the CHL gets an email saying, Hayden Hopkins, stats, name, where you're from, has been put on waivers. Anyone can put a claim in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we kind of use that to our advantage. Like my agent told, you know, all the other dub teams, like he's not he's not coming. Like he's going to pick where he goes. Kelowna put in a, a, uh, a claim. I know Kelowna pretty well just through family, friends. I just said, like, hey, like, I really want to play there, but I want out. Like, I want a, a fresh start. I want to not be in the Western. Like, I want a clean slate. I want to go do something different. So then Erie put in a claim, and then I ended up going there. So they basically, it's like the NHL waiver system. Whoever puts yeah. in a claim first kind of gets the player. Right. So how did it feel, you know, you moved to Erie. This is your first time probably leaving home for an for extended period of time like outside of of the province right and you're heading to the to the states because erie is uh, is in the state so talk about how that was and then obviously your your full experience there well it's crazy actually i didn't know erie was in the u.s right like i thought it was port, uh, port erie gotcha. right so i remember like i they i got picked up like hey we need you in kingston by tomorrow i'm in victoria bc like that's no that's not a small trip no so i get on a red eye get there play the game 
we're on the bus like we're sleeping right so and like i didn't know any of the boys i didn't know one single guy i knew who the stars were because i had seen them on twitter and instagram and like on the draft boards and stuff or team canada i didn't know anybody so it wasn't like i was like hey boys what's up like i was a little kind of alone for that first period right and i remember we're on the bus sleeping i'm exhausted like i haven't i had like two hours of sleep before the game like that's it coach goes hey get up i'm like what we're here and he's like no we're at the border I don't know. I was like, well, first of all, I don't know where the fuck my passport is. Yeah. And I'm like, second of all, why are we at the border? He goes, we're going home. And I'm like, what do you mean we're going home, man? He's like, he says, we're in Pennsylvania. Like, that's where our team is. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. So then I had to sign up for a visa at like 3 o'clock in the morning, half asleep. No clue what we were doing. But it turned out to be like my favorite years of hockey I've ever played. Yeah. Like, it's just like the town, you know, they're like when you play in Canada – and when you play in the U.S., it's different. It's very different because Canadian fans go there to critique the game. Right. Like, they're there to watch Quentin, like, Subway Rules. They're to watch Quentin Byfield. How is he moving? How is he playing? Right. How is he passing? The U.S., they don't care. Just they're part. there to have their yeah. dollar beers, see a fight, see some goals, see some big hits. Yeah. So, like, it's it's a madhouse. Um, and that was incredible. The fans in the town, like, my bill. I had the best billets ever there. The billet mm-hmm. family I had, the Brims, they were amazing. Um, and then, like, the players I played with, too. I mean, like. Stromer, the Brinkat, you know, Fogel, Sorelli, Cernak, Dermy, like a couple names. The, yeah, the yeah. the list goes on and on. I mean, just you know, getting to learn from them every single day and now being friends with most of those guys like on a daily basis, you know, it's it's pretty unique. And you, you would have asked me when I signed my Western League contract at fifteen, would I be playing in Erie, Pennsylvania with, you know, third overall pick Dylan Strom? Right. I would have told me I would have told you that you're lying, right? Yeah. So I think you know it was a pretty cool experience. Right. That's Dude, that's nuts. Like, what a story. So, so you end up the year after, obviously, continuing to play with the area, and you guys go on OHL. Uh, Cup Run also got to play with Camazot, fellow Sudbury boy, too. So, um, just want to plug that in there, a little quick plug, because, you know, Northern Ontario podcast. But uh, talk about, obviously, that OHL Cup Run and what that that was like. Yeah, actually, funny story about Lizard. He's my neighbor. No way. So, like, my billet house was in, like, a preppy gated community, and he lived at we call what we called the witch's house. This lady that, like, only ate mushrooms, she grew and shit, and, like, the house was, like, literally, like, falling apart. No way. Like, yeah, like, but, so, like, and, but it was perfect for Liz. Like, Liz loved it. He put up his sewing machine in the living room. Days off, the boys are, like, going to Penn State, which is, like, an hour down the road. Right. To go party or something. He's sitting there doing his clothing. Yeah, right? yeah. But he was my neighbor, so he came over for bachelor nights. We'd have, we'd crush a bottle of wine every bachelor night with my billet mom. <laughs> so, like, that's how I got to know Liz. That's awesome. But, uh, yeah, like, it was just a surreal experience. That championship run, I mean, we were such a close team. Like, we, we hang out all the time, and, like, the biggest thing is you see star players, you know, guys seem really arrogant or rude or, you know, they forget. They don't give a shit about the little right. guys. Like, Dylan Strom, who's third over NHL pick, like, he was best friends with everybody on the team. Right. Like, it wasn't like uh, there's an exclusive club. Right. He was buddies with everybody. And, like, that's, for me, what made it so special. That these They're all such good guys. Like, right. Even today, like, when I got my concussion last year, Dill was one of the first guys to reach out when he saw, like, he's a big elite prospects guy. Yeah, yeah. Dill's a big stat guy. Yeah. Like, I can shoot the shit with Dill about stats all day. So, yeah. he saw that my mind weren't updating. So, he texted, like, what's wrong? I said, oh, I got a conk. Like, he was the first guy to call me and be like, hey, like, if you need to talk to somebody, man, like, I'm here. Like, and he had a concussion, too, at that time. So, like, it was kind of like, I was like, hey, you ever Crazy. need to call me? Like, yeah. And so, like, he's just, he cares. I think the biggest thing for me was that, yeah, we won, and it was great experience because who gets to say they did that? But right. I think it's the relationship you grow with everybody was pretty cool. 
Mm-hmm. Do you have any stories like from that run specifically that you could remember, maybe in the dressing room or anything like that? Yeah, so this might get the Irish in trouble, but not my problem anymore. Um, so we did game-winning goal money, right? So I never forget. Like we would do like, like you know, the show guys are making 150 grand to play junior hockey, right. but I'm making my OHL paycheck every two days, so like I can't throw much on the board. So it would typically be like 200 bucks for the game-winning goal, and then each guy who assisted gets 50 or 100. Right. Not a bad little gig, right? So I never forget game seven overtime against London. I think there's probably like a couple thousand bucks on the board. Yeah. Like, and like, and like guys are just starting to throw it up there. Like, yeah, yeah. It's getting ridiculous. Like, I, th- I, I wish I could remember. I had like had to be at least two, three racks for the ah, game-winning goal. Man. And the apples are probably like a rack each. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. Like, it was insane. Um, that was pretty fun. You know, we had a good like. Just real quickly, what's a rack? Could you explain, <laughs> that? Could you explain that for everybody for us? So, <laughs> Come on, this is, you can't talk about that. Come on. No, a rack. So a thousand bucks. So like yeah. three rack, two, three racks, like two, three grand. Um, other stories, like just just little things. Like we had on the bus, like we just we'd have fight club on the bus. Like, and I thought like, you guys see Alex DeBrinket, he makes $6.4 million now on yeah. the show. Like you'd have him no clothes on with just workout shorts wrestling somebody in the back of the bus <laughs> like just stories like that are just like total kids just having fun and now he's making millions of dollars yeah which is hilarious but he like alex loved fight club yeah we'd be hanging out at his house watching a movie and he'd go okay fight club let's go right and he would just want to tilt so just stories like that we were just so close and dill dill probably has the best sense of humor you're ever gonna you're ever gonna meet like he, right he he just makes you laugh all the time every day at the rank you look at dill and you're like what the hell are you doing, man? Yeah. Like you're just you're a giant joker. So that was pretty funny. Yeah, one one story I got for you. I don't know if you remember this, but you, so you, your goal at the time was it Troy Tapano? Okay, do you remember that? I don't remember the full story, but I was hearing it from a friend of mine actually today. Um, that he like he smashed a stick on the was it on the post the crossbar? Was that a playoff game? What do you what do you remember from that? No. So what happened that one is after we lost the memory, remember. the camera paneled him on the ice and we're all fucking crying right and he javelins his stick at the camera like <laughs> like literally like wah, like just throws I, it right I at the camera no yeah. so i remember like we're all bawling our eyes out like little kids in the dressing room whatever right like sucks tim's is <laughs> tim's is sitting in the corner on his phone like trying to write a public address <laughs> apologizing to sports <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, so he's like crying as he's doing, like, I just lost the memory. But then he's like, he's trying to type up this tweet apologizing. Oh my then God. Then I remember we're just like, oh we're like, we didn't need this. Like, yeah. we just lost the memory. Like, we're all pissed. Like, and this guy's worried about javelining his stick at the cameraman. Like, it was, fu- it was funny. And I think that's probably what they were talking about. But Tim's was a good guy because he, yeah, he played up here and then he got traded to us that year because we needed a goalie because right. we lost our starter that year. But yeah, that's funny. I forgot about that. Yeah. Unreal. That great point, Tom. Good job. So obviously you talk about the member man, like that's the pinnacle of junior hockey. What like what was that experience like just being there? Like obviously not winning, but that experience. I mean it sorry, excuse me. It uh it was pretty cool. Like just to start it off, like obviously, you know, we had a good night after we won the O. Um and then you don't really have much turnaround time. Like we had I think three days and then we a private jet got sent for us in Erie. So, yeah. so PJ we, we got a little PJ action, which was pretty cool. Like, you know, you walk onto the tarmac, and you, like, 
there's people taking pictures of you and stuff like that. So that explain what a tarmac is? I know what a tarmac <laughs> is. <laughs> so then, like that was like expectations started high, right? And they fly all your parent, all your family in, and everything for it. Yeah. Um, and it was cool. I mean, like I, I mean, the only league I didn't play in was the Q. So, right. um, I got, Trifecta. I got, I got to play them. So basically, played in all three leagues, I there guess. But uh, it was really cool. I mean, you know, the, again, like the players you play against at that level. Like you're just left in awe. Like watching Thomas Shabbat, Julian Gauthier, like the like Matt Barzal in Seattle. I grew up playing so against sick. him, yeah. and now getting to play him his last year in junior, because he was going to the show the next year. Like it, it was, it was pretty cool. And actually, like the guy. So I got drafted two fifty seven. Right. The guy who got drafted two fifty eight to the same team as me, who was my roommate in Saskatoon, was a DM for Sa- Seattle now. So Come like, on. and our parents were best friends because we met in Saskatoon. So our dads would always watch together. So like it was That's it was so hilarious. Crazy. In warm up, there's a picture of me in warm up talking to him. I'm wearing my Otters like jerseys and shit. Yeah. He's standing there in Seattle. So uh, it was just like kind of came full circle because like guys I started my junior just, like career with, I ended up seeing them right. Yeah. But uh, obviously it sucked. We lost. But again, it was a great experience. Right. Like, it it just you can't you can't top that. No, for sure. One question before we move on that I want to ask, I, I find it pretty interesting. What, what like, you mentioned WHLs, like, big boys, like, big prairie boys. Like, what's the difference from WHL hockey to OHL? Is there a big difference? Oh, yeah, completely. Yeah. Like, if I gained the if I gained the red line in the dub and I didn't, if I didn't, like, dump it in, I wasn't going to play. Like, I right. was going to get scratched. If I didn't get six hits a game, like, I wasn't going to play the next game. Like, it was out for blood. That's crazy. Whereas I remember, like, my first game in the O, I dumped like fucking five pucks in. So right. I had been told for two years. And the GM pulls me aside. He goes, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. I'm like, what do you mean, bro? Like, I'm doing what I've been taught. Yeah. He's like, you do that again, I'm just going to fucking cut you. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I got the message. Yeah. And like, it's all puck possession and skill. So like, if I can't gain the blue in the O, I'm going to, bu- in Erie at least, I'm going to button hook, sling it back to the D. We're going to regroup, try and attack again. You can't right. get it in. Okay, we're going to button hook, and send regroup. it back. So yeah. it's, I found that the dub was all like it was skilled but it was grit and skill whereas in the o it's pure skill and finesse right like, i'm not a big guy but i was probably one of the biggest hitters in the ohl right compared to in the dub like i was a nobody when it right. came to contact yeah so that was the biggest difference i saw between the two leagues that's nuts that's nuts that's interesting and then after that little stint with the in the o you go back for a few years in the bchl uh back home and then you end up playing one year for the carlton place canadians in the cchl which ultimately leads you to commit to Laurentian. Um, talk to us, like, why Laurentian was the last destination for you and, like, why you chose that place because I, I assume there was definitely other OUA offers. Yeah, so I, I was talking to other schools, um, and then I actually started running into my first real batch of concussion problems in Carlton Place. So I was talking to schools like Ryerson, U of T, um, and, you know, and Carlton, which is in Ottawa, so it was pretty convenient. But... After one of my concussions, they basically all just said, like, you know, the, the liability associated with your injury history just is is too much for us. Right. So I didn't really have a plan. Like, I, I just gotten back from my concussion. We were in, we were in playoffs. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of told my parents, like, you know what, I'm just going to play out playoffs, and, you know, maybe it's time to hang them up. Maybe I was pretty down on myself, right? Like, it just sucked. It was a shitty year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so I ended up – we got knocked out, whatever. I was driving back from in the Ford Edge. I just want to point that out. In the Ford Edge, <laughs> I was driving back to Victoria from from uh, Ottawa. So I had to drive through Sudbury. So my coach at the time, Jason Clark, who you know, one of the best junior hockey coaches there is. Junior A, like 
the amount of commits he has to D one is insane. Yeah. But anyway, so he called he called Dunk and Dunk had been blowing up my phone. I didn't know where the fuck Laurentian was yeah. if it was a school. He got a hold that I was driving through, and so he calls me, hey, I know you're going to be in Sabrina Week. And I'm like, yeah, I, I am. And he goes, yeah, well, you're driving back, right? I'm like, yep. Yeah. Okay, well, I want you to stop for a day. And I was, I had a girlfriend at the time, so I was like, ah, I got my girlfriend with me. Like, she doesn't want to, you know, like, I don't want to inconvenience her. Just want to go, yeah. Yeah, I just trying to think of every, you know, excuse kind of in the book. He goes, I'll get you a hotel. She can stay. It won't take long. I was like, you know what? Like, fine, whatever. Yeah. Went on the visit, and then we were just, like, talking during it, you know. He took you up to the top of the school and shows you the amazing campus, you know, LU has. Like, yeah. It's covered in snow fucking 90% of the time um, while you're here. But anyways, and then he just said, what do you want to be? And I said, oh, I want to be, like, a player agent or a general manager, you know, that kind of thing. And he goes, okay, like, can I just sign you up for our school now? And I was like, oh, like, why? Mm-hmm. You got a job for me? Right. And he's like, no, like, we have the perfect degree. And I didn't know what SPAD was. And then so after the visit, I drove home, got home, and I – called dunk and i said if you get me into spad um I'll, I'll come to your school so that's kind of how i landed here cool man i i like that. that's a that's a cool story obviously like not really on your on your radar in terms of oua hockey and did you have any other schools in mind at the time i didn't like have a particular school in mind like i was talking to a bunch like the thing about OU like youth sports in general is it's all about who you know like right i had buddies playing at acadia so like i i went on a visit to acadia did you want to go home at all? Maybe play UBC. I don't know. Yeah, like, I had talked about it, but again, yeah. like the thing about Can West is that there's only six teams, and right. they have the entire Western Hockey League to pick from. So ah, true. Their teams are so deep, loaded, yeah, and they've all played pro. Right. So, and honest, I didn't really see myself. Li- I'm a, I'm not really a homebody. Like I don't care if I live close to home. Yeah. So I didn't really have any school in particular. Carlton was very appealing because it was a nice school. They're good at hockey, Nation's and capital. I was in yeah. Ottawa. And I had some connections to to Ottawa at the time, mm-hmm. um, but ultimately, like I'm really happy I picked Laurentian. I mean, it, especially for me with small classes in the program, it was really beneficial. Awesome, good stuff. So I think we'll stop there because we kind of want to meet them both at, at LU. So right. yeah, so let's turn it over. Now we got uh, David Alford right. stepping in, baby. How's it going? Fantastic. Just. Uh, <laughs> Just sitting here enjoying the stories. You're loving them. I think your mouth was open for like a seven of them. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Well, I'm just impressed at all the names. All the names. I'm not going to be able to do that. No kidding. I, I, I maybe have one or two. What's up? So, yeah. So, Dave, the first question for you, it's the same one that we had for uh, Hayden. So, why was hockey the main sport for you and what age did you get going at this? I don't, I don't really remember how... I got started like I started my parents put me in skating when I was I think three um but like my mom isn't really an athlete like she never played sports growing up my dad played hockey until I think Bantam and then uh he found it was uh more important for him to go fishing than go to a game one day (laughs) so uh actually the coach that I had for most of my years in minor hockey was the coach that ended my dad's career kicked him off the team and my dad just, <laughs> just just hung him up after that so yeah um but i mean i started from from day one basically and then um actually wanted to be a goalie first no um but uh i Wait. was a pretty good skater i guess even at a young age and my parents were like no chance no you're you're not playing goalie it's but, too expensive but they let your sister become a goalie <laughs> yeah so my sister was was a goalie she played some university hockey too that's hilarious. um is she, is she done now she's not playing anymore yeah oh okay was she older no 
No, she's oh. two years two years younger. She is our age? 99. She's 99. 99. Yeah. So, so, what I was going to say is, yeah. you know, maybe Elf's parents had enough of the goalie situation, but obviously that's not the case. No. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I guess I couldn't get the job done as the skater, so they wanted to see if they could make it work with a goalie. So, Elford, the next question I have for you is the whole GNML experience. Uh, obviously, you're playing for the new Lesker Cubs because I had the opportunity – play in the GNML and that's to me the greatest league that I ever played in obviously so uh, so, uh, what do you remember most about the years you spent in that league it it is it's it was a lot it's a fun fun. it's it was yeah yeah um that was like where my my first trips this way came from um like in minor hockey all of our road trips were north right like New Lesker is the furthest south in that loop um and then once you get to midget now we always came to the Sudbury for tournaments and stuff, um, but like going to the Sioux seven hours on a bus, that was my first real experience with that, with like being on the bus with the guys and not, you know, jumping in the car with your parents on a Saturday for a day trip somewhere or whatever. Um, having your own team dressing room was always, you know, cool the first time around for guys. So yeah, it was really fun that way. It was a new experience, kind of eye-opening in the sense of like, Growing up, we had a, a, a really strong program mm-hmm. because we were a single-A center. We didn't have triple-A. So we used to walk everybody. And I think every year that I played, we went to the All-Ontario. I think we went six years in a row. Jeez. Um, never won. Dynasty. Never, never won. won. I never won. Um, and then, you know, you go to midget, and now you're playing against the bigger the bigger centers, the triple-A teams, yeah. and we got waxed yeah. for the two years that I was there. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely different too. Kind of puts you in your in your place a little bit. Did you play with Casey Ton? Was he? I never played with him. No, he was. No. Is, is he ninety eight? He's a ninety nine too. Ninety nine, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, okay. So like in the summer and stuff, skating together all the time. Right. But never uh, played with him. He played a, a few games as a call up for us. Right, because he went to he he went to St. Charles, and I had the opportunity to become good friends with him. So okay. yeah, just a little side story. That's funny. Yeah. Um. So we we mentioned the GNML. What was like the best road rink that you remember, like that you loved to play in? Was there one rink in particular that you loved just loved to play in? Yeah. Road rink. Um, for because for me, being a Sudbury boy playing a lot of games on the road, I like to go to New Lister because they had the sickest warm up music. Like some chick in the in the scorekeeping box always had the sickest mixtape. So to yeah. me, the best road rink for me was New Lister because I always lit it up when I played there. But it was just a, like there was always packed, and for yeah. me it was like a fun playing rink. in New Liskard was lo- was a lot of fun. Like our home games, like the midget AAA team is the highest level of hockey we have there. Right. Um. So we used to get like three, four hundred people for midget. That's games nuts. On yeah. Friday nights. It was nuts. It was awesome. Yeah. All, you know, like you're in high school, all your friends come. Um, they're either sitting between the benches or behind the other team's bench, and you know what it's like in New oh, Liskard. Yeah. There's like a railing right there. That right you there. Sit on. And you can lean right over the glass and, and just give it to a bench. Oh, yeah. So what they've actually done now is they court, like they barricade that off. You're not allowed to sit back there. It's anymore. true. Cause, Cause I coach now yeah. last year with the midgets and it was totally different when yeah. I was there and I was waiting to get hackled kids were, and kids were getting like really carried away with yeah. what they were saying and the stuff they're doing. So they, they nicked that favorite road rink though. Probably like a love hate thing is campus casing. Right. Yeah. Same sort of thing. It's like so fun. The atmosphere that they have oh, yeah. there. Because for as as many people as we get, they probably get more. And it's the highest level there too. It's the highest level there, yeah. and they're rowdy. Oh yeah. And they're mean. 
I remember my first game in Capra's Casing in Midget. Even in minor hockey, they were like this, but it was different with, with the Flyers. Um, so to come out to the rink, you got to go under the bleachers. Right. And there's yeah. there's no, like, glass, nothing. It's just a railing. It's nuts. So I remember our coaches, like, after the first intermission, we come off, and people are, like, spitting on us and throwing oh. stuff at us and stuff, leaning over the railing, waiting for you. Yeah. So our coach comes into the room, and he's like, guys, next period, come off the ice with your stick blade between like in the air yeah stick in two hands and if you see any knuckles i want you to slam them as hard as you can <laughs> that's crazy it's like yeah what, what is going on yeah wild so west. that's the wild west <laughs> yeah absolutely so yeah probably cap skating no that's that's cool I, the cap is a it's scary that ring because it's it's a barn it's yeah it's a barn um just a little side note from that story i still remember my coaches saying for my first game was like as soon as the period ends, you skate as fast as you can right into the room. And I'm like, what the fuck, what do you mean? Because they, they do the French radio right there, too. Yeah. And they obviously announce on the French radio side. Like, you're honestly, you're honestly worried that you might get assaulted. Yeah, some it, it's, it's you true. You beat them in their ring, you, like, get out of there. You feel bad for winning, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so you did you end up playing with Justin Brezzo one year, right? For the Cubs, yeah. For the Cubs, right. Yeah, I played with him growing up. And he's obviously a good friend of yours still to this day. Yeah. So what what's it like seeing him obviously destroy the like he obviously destroyed the OHL, he was a thirteenth round pick that's very impressive for what he's done so far and obviously now he signed that contract and he's just wrecking the East Coast League so what's it like to see him obviously have yeah. such a good successful career like so I'm, far like you know our all of uh, all of us that are friends with him everybody back home is um, really happy for him he's the first guy in a long time mm-hmm. to get to the level he's at. Um, He's kind of an, like, he seems to be an anomaly where, like, a lot of guys develop, 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 and then they reach their peak, and then it's kind of like they plateau, right? Right. So they're good players, but they're not getting any better. Justin, since for as long as I remember, every year has just kept getting better. Like, yeah. You look at what he did in the O, he doubled his points every year. And he was on a bad team that year. And that he was that on, one he year was on that a bad he, team. Yeah. So I think the year he got there was the year after they lost in the conference final. Right. So they had like Nick Paul, Barkley, Goodrow. Oh yeah. Once those guys left, they went downhill fast. Because they have Mike Amadio. Mike Amadio, who's in the NHL now. Yeah, he's gross. Yeah. So, um, Justin came in and he had an opportunity to to contribute right away, and he took it. And the thing that I credit him with is he's the hardest working guy I've ever seen. That guy doesn't take a day off. He knows where he needs work, and he does it. And, you know, he like he's working out six, seven days a week. Um, you know, and just, like, seeing the effort he puts into his workouts firsthand from, mm-hmm. like, training with him in the summers and stuff, um, he deserves it. All, honestly, his hard work on Warzone is just unbelievable. Yeah, he, he, his dedication yeah. is just, you know, it's second to none. The amount of W's he's got me, I just, I really credit him with that. You know, it's just, it's amazing to watch. <laughs> the guy's good at everything. Yeah. Like, that's, like, he's a specimen. And his bank account is thinking about And his bank account looks okay <laughs> now. 130000 thank you. Yeah, all the uh, blueprints he's bought on Warzone, you can clearly see the pockets are deep. Yeah. <laughs> Hopper loves cap friendly, so he's just taking a look at Braz's contract, like just fucking mouth drops, like, oh my god, he's making this much money. Yeah. 
Can you buy me this map? I'm trying to win. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on here, Alf. Let's let's go p- uh, post um, your new Liskard days. Let's talk about what happened after that. So you leave New Liskard in, in 2014 and join Kitchener. Talk about, like, why did you move and, and how that was for you. Yeah, so I... Growing up, I was never, like... Um, a game-breaking player. I was. I've always been a glue guy. You know, a, a glue guy. Sure, <laughs> we'll say that. I've been a decent player, but you know, when I played, I wasn't our best guy. We had, you know, guys that had more skill than I did. Um, and then, I mean, you guys get it's a politics. little bit of small yeah, town yeah, yeah. politics. Yeah. So I just didn't fit with the group that we had um, after my second year, um, and I I needed a change. I thought that was what was going to be better for me so I had family in Kitchener that's how I kind of ended up playing there I went for a year midget there um, at the time that was the best year of hockey I'd ever had um, both from like just having fun and production wise and then the next year was a kind of an adventure um, so I went to junior B camps in the summer what the fuck are you guys laughing at I have Hopper's laptop on my lap, and I'm I'm just seeing these messages right now. So, <laughs> anyway, it's good. It's all good. That's my dad. Hopper's obviously. Oh. Hopper's work bonus is like through the roof. It's yeah. just fucking, <laughs> that's what I'm. I'm seeing these numbers. I'm like, holy shit. Not that. Yeah. <laughs> is that taxable? <laughs> um, yeah. So that summer after I played my full three years of midget, and then I went to junior B camps for three teams. Um, because of like the the rules and stuff, because I'm from New Liskard and being seven hours away, technically I was like considered an import player. Um, so I didn't make, I got sent, I got cut from junior B teams at camp. Um, Elmira, which I ended up playing for, sent me to their junior C team. Um, that was how I ended up in Wellesley. Same thing happened in Wellesley though. So they had assumed that I was a local guy because I played there and lived there the year before. Um, so they signed me, and then uh, turns out I was still listed as an import. So I had to do a bunch of paperwork for them so that we could keep everybody um, to make me a local player. And then, uh, like, two or three days after I did that, um, Elmire called and they're like, we want you to come play for us. So I obviously jumped all over that. Um, it was where I wanted to be, and that was probably like the best experience like organization wise I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, that team is second to none in junior hockey anywhere. Um, right. Treat you well. The town is great. The fans are great. Um, so yeah, I played there until uh, trade deadline day that January. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we had, uh, it was on a Sunday. We had a Sunday afternoon game in Waterloo. I had a goal and assist. It was my best game I'd played that year for them as a fourth line guy. Um, uh, so I'm at home that night. It's like seven thirty, eight o'clock at night. And I knew it was deadline day. Um, I thought at that point I had weathered the storm and I was going to be okay. Right. Um, and then I get a call from the GM. I see his name pop up on my phone and I'm like, Oh no. So they were, we had a good team there. They were loaded. They wanted to, to go on a deep playoff run and okay. they ended up doing that, but they were looking for a defenseman. So he calls me and he's like, yeah, we, uh, we just made a trade with Guelph. 
So they sent me to Guelph on trade deadline day. I didn't have a car at this point. Shit. So Guelph is 25 minutes from where I'm living. So I'm on the phone with the GM and I'm freaking out. I'm like, well, I mean, like, I'm not arguing the trade, but like, I don't have a car. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I don't know how I'm going to get there. Yeah. He's like, oh, okay. Uh, well, that's a problem. He's like, <laughs> he's like uh, let me call you back. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe this means like I won't get traded. No, it's like the, the car that he buys you a car is part of the deal. Yeah, or maybe I'm getting a car out of it. Who knows? But like naive me, like naive 17-year-old me is like, well, I don't have a car. I can't go there. Right. Trade me. I would have been the same way. Fine. Yeah. Calls me back. He's like, yeah, so they have a guy that drives from Kitchener. He's going to pick you up every day and drive you. I'm like, fuck. So I get shipped to Guelph. And then uh, so I played the rest of the year there. I never really fit there just mm-hmm. with like the dynamic and the guys that they had. It was a different atmosphere and I didn't never jump. Wasn't with the anybody. same. Yeah. Wasn't the same at all. Um, and then that summer, uh, they called me in June and basically said like, we don't know if we're going to take you next year. So that's how Ellie Lake happened. So that summer was a lot of fun. Um, so Guelph put me on the wire and Almost right away, I get a call from the coach in Elliott Lake, who I had almost gone to play for instead of going to Kitchener in the first place at wow. 17. He was still there. So he calls me, and he's like, yeah, I saw you on the wire. Like, are you interested in coming up? And I knew him, and I hadn't really heard from anybody else yet. So I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't even need to think about it. Let's do it. Was this the GM of Elliott? He was the, the, Both? the head coach. Okay. They had a GM at the time, okay. but I had known him too. Okay. Um. So, yeah, I was like, yeah, let's do it. So, he's like, okay, I'll call Guelph. So, then, waiting around, and I I don't hear anything from anybody for six weeks. So, now it's the start of August. Camp starts in, you know, 25 days or whatever it is. I don't know what's going on. So, I call Guelph. I'm like, hey, like, I talked to Elliot Lake. They said they want me. He said he was going to talk to you about a deal. Like, what's going on? And the GM at Guelph's like, yeah, we're working on it. We're trying to get a piece back. Like, it'll be done. So, okay. So, again, now, two weeks goes by. I don't hear anything from anybody. Now we're 10 days out from training camp supposed to start. I don't know what's going on. I don't know where I'm going. So, I haven't heard from the Guelph guy. I call my guy in Elliott Lake. I'm like, I haven't heard from him. I don't know what's happening. He's like, okay, he's he seems to be screwing with you a bit. He goes, I'm going to email you this paperwork. Fill it out. Send it back to me, and it's done. Nothing Guelph can do about it. I said, okay. So he sends me it. I do it. I send it back. I guess, so he files it. Yeah. The day after, I get a call from the Guelph GM. Lovely. He is livid with me. <laughs> Screaming into the phone at me for 15 minutes. He read me the riot act about, you fucking went behind my back yeah, and yeah. did this. We had a trade in place, a good agreement. We were getting a player that we wanted back for you. And he basically just about like how I was screwing him around. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's had me doing fucking circles for two and yeah. a half months now. Yeah. And listen, he's the GM here. Like, what? The, like, why do you? Why is he getting mad at you when he's really the one that's making all the decisions? Like, right. so. Oh, it just goes to show you how much of a business it, it is. is. Like, especially when it gets down to junior, like they don't really give you like a shit about anyone, right? Yeah. So, so obviously, yeah, obviously that Guelph guy's gonna be pissed. He's trying to get a piece back and. And uh, Ellie Lake took their chance. They knew they could get Elf for zero. Zero cost. And, <laughs> like, no, nothing against you. It was just a, a great business oh, move by Ellie yeah. Lake to get you. Yeah. It's it's such a business, and it's it's kind of 
you know, as upset as you are to be traded, that's the way it is, right? Yeah. You go to you go to to the O or to pro hockey, you don't have a say in where you go. Uh, no. And now with with everything being pay to play, junior hockey teams can't trade somebody without the player's approval. The player yeah. has to sign off on being traded. Yeah. So when I was there, that wasn't a thing. I Jesus. had no say in being traded. When did that well. when did that come in? That's recent. Recent? But I had wow. I had no say in being traded to Guelph. I had no say in being let go from Guelph. That must be a shit show because there's no teams getting really better. Yeah. No, yeah. like, like well, it's like it's like in, in major junior if you're in high school, you have a no trade clause. So yeah. like my first time getting dealt from Stoon to PG, I had to, they had to call me and go, Hey, like we're gonna trade you to Prince George. Prince George is like the worst place to play at that point because there is a new owner taking over. I was like, no, I'm not doing it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like I sat there, I'm like, hey, like if they want to trade me, why do I want to stay there, right? Right. So like, do you really want to stay yeah. at a team that tried to deal you? Like, no, obviously not. And the same thing with junior A kids. Like, do you really want to stay at a place that uh, they just tried to trade you? Like, no. Yeah. So it, it it still doesn't really do much. It's not like the NHL where you have a no trade clause. You got a no trade clause. Whereas in junior, it's kind of like pack your shit. Like <laughs> this is where you're going. Yeah. So yeah, so obviously we talk about that deal. You end up in LA Lake. Talk about obviously your your time there. Talk about you know, Mister Consistent, forty two points in uh, year one, forty two points in year two with less with one less game, no big deal, and an A in the last year. Um, so talk about you know your time in LA Lake. Obviously it's different. You're playing in the Goge now. You're moving to the Noge in a much smaller town than Guelph and LA Lake. Just talk about your time there. Yeah, Elliott Lake was a, was a lot of fun. I played my my best hockey there. Um, I was really shocked. Like, so when I was playing junior B as an eighteen year old, I was like a, a a fourth line guy. I think I had maybe ten points that year. So I I didn't know what to expect going to Elliott Lake. You know, you're jumping from junior B to junior A. You're thinking it's gonna like gonna be a better hockey, right? And it was. But I just much different. It was different. Mm-hmm. The Noge is a lot more of a physical league than right. the Junior B loop was, um, and I don't know if that played into how I play or not. But I just kind of found my groove and mm-hmm. had good guys to play with, like uh, your buddy. Uh, yeah, Brett. Brett yeah, Jacqueline. Um, so were you there two years until he came? Or like, how, when did he, when did he come in? Brett and I were rookies together. Oh, you guys were rookies together, yeah. right? So his only year there was my first year. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he was his sixteen, high, and then he went to the big leagues. Yeah, yeah. He left us. <laughs> yeah, so right. he was sixteen. And I was uh, that was my nineteen year old year. Okay. Um, we played together for most of that year. Um, I had some some good nights. Yeah. Oh yeah. We, like point night. Put some teams in the ground. Right. Um, and then. Uh, you know, he was one of my. I I knew Brett, bef- kind of knew who he was before I got there. Funny story about that. So my sister, who's a goalie, played for Midget Wolves here. Right. Um, and she lived with Brett's girlfriend at the time. So I already knew who Brett was through that. That's funny. Um, when, um, when my sister told her billets that I was coming here, the girl was like, "Oh, that's my boyfriend." Yeah. So as soon as Brett got there, we kind of hit it off and. Both being northern kids. Had that um, connection, yeah. We had a connection, and yeah. So, spent a lot of time hanging out with him at his billets and away from the rink, too. And it's kind of uh, 
or with just a way to kill time there. It's not a whole lot to do in Elliot Lake. Yeah, one story I have from for you, Elf, is I mentioned him in the earlier part of this episode is Casey Ton. I totally forgot. I, I just clued in that you fought him. And there was some bad blood. There was some bad blood that... There was some bad blood going on there from the social media part because I remember coming to school in case like, do you know who David Elford is? And I, was, I obviously knew you through like the hockey world. And I'm like, yeah, he's a good dude. And then, like there was beef going on. But I remember you guys being from the same hometown, right? Was yeah. he from New Lesgard? He's from New Lesgard. Like, that, that's, that's, I, I don't even remember. I, I'm sorry if there was bad blood and I brought his name up. No, I, I, it's, there's no bad blood. Yeah, um, yeah. Heat of the moment. Yeah, like Casey and I, I would say, are like buddies off the like, Yeah, yeah. Away from the rink and stuff. Um, we're just both competitive guys right um i I forget what happened there was this like there was a scrum in the corner right um i thought he was picking on somebody i could be wrong i I, that's what or he's a yap or two though so i think he might have like either uh i can't remember either one of our guys buried someone from behind and he jumped in and then i jumped in. right i can't remember if case hit him and i that's grabbed case that's funny but yeah Ended up with, uh, that was my first, my first and only no NOJHL. That's hilarious. The guy from my hometown. That was nuts. That's funny. Jim? Yeah, just talk about a small world. I, I find that hilarious that you end up fighting the guy from your same hometown. It's like me fighting you, Al. Well, yeah, that, that's coming soon. Constant <laughs> peace coming. Um, okay, so let's talk about, we'll talk about, I, I have one question because I'm looking at your lead prospects. You had before I met you. You had one game with the West Nipissing Lynx. <laughs> one game, two goals, one assist. I just want to know how the hell you got there, and then why? Why did you leave right away? I want to chime in here first. Yeah. So, so I, I want to point out quickly that's wrong. They paid you. That no comment. <laughs> <laughs> that stat. That stat is wrong. So that game we played some brand new team in that league from Ottawa. They were. A house league team at best. I had five points. I didn't have three. So I remember it was our try. It was tryouts, right? So Elf was a walk on, and like was better than half half the guys that were committed in our year. But so like he wasn't like on the team yet officially. So like we were just practicing, boozing every day, whatever. It's first year university, right? So Elf came to a practice, and he's like, "Yeah, I, I got a game tonight." We're like, "What the hell are you talking about?" Yeah, like. I'm not on the team, so I'm gonna go play in the Outlaw League. And so remember, he went and played, and then and then I saw him the next day in class. He's like, "Bro, that was fucking horrible. I had like five points." And he, so he was two timed between our team and his until they told him he was on our team. But like he was telling us stories about this fucking team. And I like from BC. There's no such thing as an Outlaw League, so I had no idea what it was. I was in like awe of these stories, like rushing kids. Like, rushing kids coming over and playing yeah. in this league. Like yeah. Mind-blowing to me. Yeah. yeah. So, quickly, before... Because I got some, like, stories that blew my mind. I was there for a week and a half. <laughs> and it was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. <laughs> but, yeah. So, how I got there was... I wasn't recruited anywhere out of junior. Um, I knew I was... Like, I wanted to come here for school anyway. Same thing as you guys for SPAD. And, uh... For anybody who knows our coach, he's kind of a foreigner to technology. So uh, I emailed him, you know, all through the my last year and all through the summer, trying to get a hold of him and say like, hey, just just to have a conversation with him about anything. Probably ten emails, never heard from him, 
nothing. So I'm like, okay, he's not interested. So at that point, I was ready to like basically hang it up. And then uh, the guy from West Nipson calls me in the summer, and he's like, why don't you come play for us? He's and at first they're like, they're like, yeah, if you come, it's uh, six thousand dollars or whatever the fee was plus whatever plus this and he's like yeah and and you know you can play for us and like so al asked me to explain outlaw the outlaw is like it's not sanctioned so it's not under hockey canada <laughs> it's just it's they just run themselves they have no like uh, like body of authority they answer to nobody <laughs> right but themselves that is awesome so the hockey it's not great hockey there's yeah. like some good players like they'll chintz these guys from Europe into coming to play here because they think they're coming to play junior hockey and they'll pay like pay them, 10 or yeah. $12,000 to play. Jesus Christ. They're like, they're getting robbed. They're robbing these kids. Oh, yeah. Because these, like, there's good players in this league that could play At the real league. hockey Yeah, that are getting like, I think the top score in the league usually ends up with like 160 or 170 points in 35 games. That is ridiculous. It's a joke. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, they're, uh, and I don't want to sound bad because the guy, like, the management guys were great. Yeah. They knew what they were doing. They could run a real team. It's just the hand they've been dealt. Right. With the league that they're in. Good way to put it there. Yeah. But, yeah, so I, sh- I get there on day one, and I don't know anybody there. So, I'm in the room. I'm meeting guys. The first guy I meet, um is uh so i go up and i'm talking to him and that's like the typical thing you do is you go up to a guy hey where are you from where'd you play last year stuff like that yeah right so this first kid i meet is uh he's from the northwest territories and he's in ontario to play hockey in sturgeon falls so i'm like oh, okay that's awesome like i was like where'd you play last year he goes actually i just played beer league with like a bunch of my buddies at home I thought he was joking I'm like yeah get the fuck out of here like where'd you play he's yeah. like no I'm serious wow I was like wow okay so I'm like alright well what am I getting myself bad. into Yeah, he's not gonna play much but maybe there's other guys here right um, we get on the ice <laughs> to his credit Jeff Mancini good coach loved the guy knows what he's doing played OUA hockey think he played a bit of pro too wow Good coach. Why is he there? He's just, he's a North Bay guy. Okay. And, you know, he's just doing it for, to be a coach, right? Right. He coached the the team NHA at the OHL Cup. That's sweet. Before he had that. So he is a good coach. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, but, you know, I didn't realize the caliber of players that were going to be there until this guy comes out on the ice with two fucking folding chairs for the first drill. First warm-up drill I ever did with the West Nipsing Wings was Guys in the corner, you st- skate down the ice. Your feet can't leave the ice, so you're like C-cutting down the ice, stick handling. You get to the folding chair at the far blue line. You got to make a, a deke through it and then go shoot. <laughs> that was the first drill I ever did with the links. I'm, I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, what am I doing here? It gets better. The biggest what am I doing here moment was two days later – this kid shows up. He's got brand new Bauer bag, 
three brand new $330 Bauer sticks. Starts getting dressed. He's got, like, everything's top of the line brand new. Right. So I'm like, okay, like, maybe this kid knows what he's doing. Go talk to him, meet him. I'm like, where are you from? He's like, I'm from uh, McColvick. I'm like, where's that? Yeah. He goes, uh, it's the furthest east town in Canada, in Newfoundland, <laughs> on this on the ocean. It's a fishing village of 50 people. How the hell did they find me? So I'm like, <laughs> Facebook Messenger. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. what is, like, okay. I was like, where did you play last year? He goes, honestly, dude. This is the first time I've ever been in an indoor arena. <laughs> Shut up. I swear to God. He goes, me and my, like, I've only ever played pond hockey with my friends. You can't make up. this shit up. I, I, I <laughs> wish I was making this Oh, shit my up. God. This that is the number one reason I got into podcasting. <laughs> like, what the fuck is going so on? So, I found out later. I didn't know at the time, but after I left, I had friends on the team that were in school here, so I still knew them. I found out after the fact, this guy signed to play for that team. As a practice player. So he packed up his life from wherever the fuck, came to Sturgeon Falls, moved into a billet, paid all his fees, paid his billet every month, knowing he was never going to play a game. That's crazy. So, like, just fucking. That's nuts. And I'm shitting on the league and I don't really care, but like. That is, I know. Robbery. Yeah. It's a joke. Yeah. It's an absolute joke. We had four goalies. We yeah, carried like, four goalies. Uh, we had nine defensemen. I've heard it all. It's like we had twelve scratches. <laughs> so the game I played was a home opener. They do the whole lineup. It took twenty five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, I gotta get out of here. So the next week was um, walk on week at the school. So finally um, called the coach again. Finally got in touch with him. He's like, yeah, come over for a skate. I, yeah, I heard you're laying up the West Nipissing links. Um, heard your fucking lights out. Yeah, and then made that team and immediately left. Never went back. West no West. kidding. Yeah, so, like, what was the exit? Like, did you have to let anyone know that you were leaving? And then, like, obviously... You we got into this part more. Yeah, but you make you like, what was the process? Obviously, it looks like you, you called Dunk quite a bit to, to get a tryout. Like, I don't know how, how it went. Yeah, so I, like, um, they started the week before school. Wes Nipsing did. So I went to training camp with them. Training camp, if that's what you can even call it. Um, skated there for the week, and then I came to move into school. Walk-on week is for every, like, sports team at university is the first week of classes. So... Um, I called Duncan, finally got in touch with him, and he's like, yeah, come out. We have skates this day, this day, and this day this week. So as soon as I knew I was going, I called the coach and Wes Nip, and I'm like, Jeff, like, I got to try out. Like, I this, I don't know if this is a spot for me. If I can play at this level, then I, ha- I that's where I want to be, right? And he was great. He f- totally understood. He's like, you got to do what's best for you. If you can play at that level, absolutely leave us right. any day of the week. They were really good with that. Um and then, yeah, so I practice all week at the university, um, going back and forth to Sturgeon Falls for practices with them, too. Friday rolls around. That's when our home opener was. So we had an inter-squad scrimmage for the university at 1 o'clock, I think, 1 or 2 o'clock for two hours. <laughs> so um, 
I'm hoping to know at this point yeah. Oh, yeah. if I'm going to be kept on the university team or not. So, because it's, it was only one week for walk-ons. And so, Dunk hadn't really said anything to me. So, I go into his office after the last skate on Friday. And I'm like, so, like, am I am I on the team or not? And he's like, what do you mean? We've only been here a week. I was like, well, I don't know. Like, you haven't said anything else to me. He's like, well, I want you to keep coming. I was like, okay, well, oh my God. I'm supposed to play for my other team tonight. Like, what do you want me to do? And he sits and he thinks about it for a second. He goes, go play. So I go. I had five goals. We won 10 nothing. I had, or I had five points. It's 10 nothing. I'm like, oh, my God. I can't do this. It would have been fun to put up points. numbers. But just, you know, and it would be fun to kind of run the tables. But if you're not being pushed, like, as competitive yeah. guys. I just remember... We're all getting undressed after like a hard week of walk on week. <laughs> Everyone's like, we're planning like where we're going that night, like whose house we're gonna pre at. And we see him packing up his bag. And like, I got to know him kind of because of Spad. And he's like, I got a game tonight. <laughs> we're like, what the fuck? Like, we're trying to plan where we're going to have a good time, meet all the boys. He's getting in the zone for a game. So I, I, I actually <laughs> showed up. We played at seven o'clock, 6 30 warm up. I showed up to Surgeon Falls at 6 20. <laughs> So we had practice till four. It was like quarter to five by the time I get out of the rink. And drive 45 minutes. It's 45 to an hour away. Oh, yeah. I got to go home, eat, change, whatever. So, yeah. <laughs> and then traffic was horrible leaving Sudbury. So <laughs> I, I called the coach from the road. I'm like, I'm going to be late. <laughs> He's like, oh, how late are we talking? Like five minutes? I'm like, like five minutes before warm-up if you're lucky. He's like, all right, get here when you can. So I missed the off-ice warm-up. Everybody's like dressed and ready to go out for on ice warm up, and I'm rolling into the rink. So now I look like a fucking idiot. Oh yeah. And guys are like, didn't know what I was doing because I hadn't told anybody else at this point yeah. that I might be leaving. Yeah. So guys were pissed that I was late. Yeah. So I'm just like, yeah, yeah, whatever, fuck off, shut up. Yeah. And then I go out and had five points, and nobody really said anything else after that. Yeah. I think it was all okay. And then he stole the gloves, and everyone back. My question to you is, let's say in a hypothetical, you don't make LU. Are, are you staying with West Nip and just running the table? Probably. <laughs> did, did you have a billet there? No. Uh, um, so you traveled no. from Sudbury? So there was like, there's a bunch of guys that go there from Sudbury. Okay. So we would carpool. That's hilarious. Um, but yeah, I had a pretty sweet deal there. I probably would have stayed. Yeah. yeah. Man, what a story. What a story. So now we we've reached the point where we link the boys up. Full yeah, full circle. We're at LU. We've got through Hayden's story. He's at LU, and um, Alpha's at LU as well. So let's let's talk about your time. Whoever wants to chime in, how the time has been at, at LU so far, and any stories from that. Uh, it's been pretty fun babysitting this guy, <laughs> making sure he gets through school. <laughs> Yeah, probably half my degree is due to Elf, to, to, to be honest. Uh, he's not a big study guy. I'm a study guy, then I run him down on it, and then he figures it out 20 minutes before the test. So we have a good system going here. Hayden loves to, like, put in time, like, a week in advance of an exam. I'm the type of guy where it's, like, two or three days, hard, figure it out, right. do it. So I can't count on two hands the amount of times that like we're sitting in the study room a day or two before the exam Hayden's freaking out because he doesn't understand something yet and he's hounding me yeah. for yeah, the yeah. answer 
And I'm like, I don't know. I haven't got there yet. Shut up. When yeah. I do, I'll tell you. And yeah. then I'm like, are you fucking kidding me, man? Like, because, like oh, the classic in first year, ops. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, we both, we, we never went to a single class. Oh. We maybe went to two classes the entire semester because we were just being dipshits. So, we get this exam. Like, yeah, like, we actually have to fucking learn this. Yeah. We were in the atrium, like, till like, 2 o'clock in the morning, bef- the night before that exam. <laughs> like we we got sharpies out we're or like dry erases we're drawing on the glass windows there in the atrium like he's showing me a bunch of stuff and we're going over this practice exam turns out nobody else found this practice exam on d2l i'll never forget we get to the exam the next morning in the gym and he's sitting one in front of me <laughs> we open it and i just hear him like laugh me laugh he turns around and looks at me the questions were exactly the same as the practice exam so Perfect. like so, like, Sashi, like, hid them on, like, D12. Like, hid the practice exam. Like, nobody else really found it. And they were word for word, number for number, the exact same. So, I think he was done in, like, probably 20 minutes. Didn't take me long. Yeah, probably. I think I was done, like, 15, 20, 97%. From, like, a hockey standpoint, though, it's been, like, a lot of fun. Right. We've had a, a good group here. Um, guys that like to have fun. But when it's time to work, like it's time to work so we've been we've had great guys like leaders before us at showing us how to do that Mm -hmm. and then now you know as older guys kind of hopefully not this year but next year kind of yeah show show the young guys the same thing so here's my question for for you guys obviously listen you guys um like it hasn't been the best years for LU so far it's still a new team rel- relatively um, and I, I want to talk about and it'll be cool for the listeners that have listened to the Jacqueline, Brett Jacqueline interview he comes into your squad I remember we were legit in sports marketing class I get a text from Brett he's like I'm coming home and I'm coming to play for LU I let you guys know and he's like there's no way there's no way Jack will come in. I'm like yeah man he, he's on his way so I just talk about Elf, obviously, coming for full circle. You played with him in LU Lake. Now you get to reunite with him in LU. And then just how, how his effect was for your team. Like, he had a, a crazy story. Yeah, like, it was the coolest part, I think, knowing him was to see where his development took him Yeah, as a player. Um, you know, at 16, not the best skater, has always been able to shoot the puck. Um a little bit lanky then um, comes back he's stronger skates really well still can shoot the puck I don't like you guys remember his first goal oh yeah um, just ridiculous shot and he came in um, as an 18 year old and right away was a top guy for him mm-hmm. um, so yeah I mean it was a really good addition for us and then kind of sucked to lose our, our top scorer at at the deadline when he went back to Sudbury, but uh, he'll be good for us next year too. For sure. So yeah, you mentioned next year. So th- these are my last two questions before we get into like the general questions for both of you. So you have one more year left of school and probably hockey, and you can go back for a fifty, right? Yeah, I assume, I right? To, yeah. Um, but you have this internship now, currently with the race side, Belfort Canadian. So now you're giving back to the whole knowledge experience. So talk about how that internship's been so far. It's been fun. Um, because you're doing everything from what I'm, I'm doing I've been and There's, you know, it was originally supposed to be like um, more of a business side internship. 
doing stuff for game day and um getting a little bit of tutelage on like advertising and marketing and stuff like Mm -hmm. that but with nothing happening there's none of that going on there's 35 people out in the rink for games so um there's no fans there's nothing going on um so i was kind of lucky um from the start jeff Forsythe, the general manager was kind of like i'd like to to use you as a coach too right um so i've been on the ice with the guys every practice um you're like a little reggie dunlop you're still playing still coaching that's hilarious a little bit of a rover yeah but yeah just like that's so cool um something i never had and a lot of guys don't get the chance to have is a is a young guy who's who's been through it Mm -hmm. and you know we have coaches that play junior hockey and experience that but in a different time right so it's you know for me it's trying to relate to the kids with the way that the game is now and you know see where they're coming from and do my best to show them things and get them pointed in ways that I wish people would have been there to do with me at the time um, and just kind of give back that way yeah before you chime in for so obviously we're filming this in a couple of days Hayden you're going back home and it looks like you might not have the opportunity to come back uh, to Laurentian. So obviously we're all going to miss you. This is like pretty sad and emotional. So what, what, what's your plan after graduation? Uh, so still a little unclear for me, but uh, I've been working for an NHL agency called the, uh, the Sports Corporation for, you know, almost actually coming up on a year here in January. Um, and, you know, hoping to get on full time with them and start, you know, building my client list and, you know, growing contacts within the game and then, with the end goal of getting my NHLPA certification in the near future, so I'm able to represent NHL players. Um, you know, it'd be a dream job, but it's a lot of a lot of work needed. So right back at you, Hayden. Just kind of want to know, like, what's what's the experience like? Like, what have you been able to be a part of so far with the with your corporation? Yeah. So. Um, Jerry Johansson is the CEO of the Sports Corp. He's the fourth, fifth biggest NHL agent in the world. So, I mean, I get to hear a lot of different variety of things. So, like, we recruit kids out of Bantam out west. So, I'm in conversations with a 13-year-old kid and his parents. And then I'm also hearing, you know, him talk about hundreds of millions of dollars on the phone with NHL yeah. GMs. Or whether it's hearing him talk with Commissioner Gary Bettman about escrow problems. Like, it's such a wide variety. But, it, you know, I'm trying to get as much as I can from each level because recruitment young that's how you build your client list then negotiations is how you keep your client list and then you have to have a good reputation with the league because they control if you are an agent or not so basically honestly i've just kind of been getting the full meal deal to be honest with you just from start to finish on what i have to do right love it love it okay good stuff okay boys just before um we kind of wrap it up here i kind of want to talk about you know this is something we, we all got to be a part of this lu complex project we mentioned it earlier before um, obviously, you know, we got to present this um, to our class. I thought it was a really cool project um, that we, we could do. And, and just for the listeners, you know, we were doing something where we'd build a rink on campus because right now LU obviously plays that countryside. And if we can all agree here, you know, attendance isn't very good right now. Hayden, if you, I don't know if you want to chime in. Like, it's not very good. Right yeah, now. I mean, you know. You sport hockey in general, you know, obviously isn't isn't well supported. But you look at the schools that are good, like Acadia's and them, like 
and their their school buys into it and the students come and have a good time and they watch and see kids that, that they're in class with day to day compete and throw hits and fight and you know i think you know if you add a rink on campus it just makes it more accessible cuz you know students get into university and they turn legal age of drinking what do they want to do every friday saturday night well they want to go have a couple beers or drinks or whatever so i think if you got that on campus i think it'd be a great recruitment tool to bring players in for the convenience for the atmosphere for that true like small university experience of like you're a hockey player at a small school and the school rallies around you and, and cheers you guys on every night um i think that would be huge for them yeah just look at like like our homecoming games um yeah. the two that we've had are a lot of fun and like i like this sticks in my head as like the biggest thing is even though we don't have a rink on campus, yeah, they have shuttles and stuff for people that are in residence that want to go. The problem with it is the shuttle leaves. It's planned to leave like five minutes after they expect the game to be done. So I'll never forget the first year, our homecoming game, we're playing University of Toronto. It ends up going to a shootout. So it's a it's a seven-minute overtime and then the shootout. Well, the first there's two shuttles. The first one was scheduled to leave at like 9.30 or whatever it was yeah. and the overtime starting at 9.25 yeah. so people are getting up to leave in the middle of overtime in a 1-1 hockey game so I think like you know you you get rid of that issue with the rink on campus obviously it's it's more difficult than just that but you know I just think like those types of crowds is kind of a representation of what it could be like if right. you have a rink there yeah. right um, yeah, so again, this project was something like we're really proud about. Um, again, a rink on campus it, it was going to promote that whole, like, you know, people can just go to the game. They don't have to take a shuttle, just walk to the game, whatever. Like, even Laurentian's a big campus, but it, it's still walking distance. We, we also talked about, you know, um, adding value to the soccer program where you, and the track and field program, and the lacrosse program where you would bubble the, um, the current track that we have right now and uh, it's you know the cost isn't that bad um and you'd have to have you know you'd, you'd be able to have golf track cross country whatever everyone would be in there in that bubble and then you move the rink to where the current soccer field is right now and we actually got to present this right before covid hit, legit the day before everything uh, shut down we got to present and we worked really hard on it so i, I just wanted to talk about it a little bit um, and then also, um, obviously, you know, we came up with a project that was around like 16 to 20 million dollars. Obviously, after hearing LU's 15 million dollars in debt, also has a pool that needs 10 million dollars of rentals. You know, obviously, this project is something that's not in, in the near future, but. That like I think it was still something cool to talk about, and obviously we'd love to hear what listeners think about it. You guys got anything to add to it? Yeah, I think it's a good idea because you know, like, like you, let's say us four go on to make lots of money in our lives, and you, especially you two being from here, yeah, you guys are obviously gonna be in the community. You're gonna be around. I probably won't be in Sudbury yeah, very yeah. much, but just saying, if we all end up being successful, obviously I want to give back to the school, the institution that you know gave me my foot in the door and gave me my education. So. I think it's great that we have the idea in place because if, if they come into money or people who want to donate money, it'd be a good a good idea down the road for people to get going. 
Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, boys. We're going to move it in now to our segments called uh, the Silver Cross Fast Five, sponsored by Silver Cross. So these are going to be five rapid questions, okay? And you got to answer whatever comes to your mind first. I, I know Elf has been peeking at my screen here. So we will start with David Alford. We'll do... Um, well, do we want to run through? Yeah, we'll run through everyone with Elf. Just go through all five. Yeah, first. Actually, no, we'll alternate. We're gonna alternate. Okay. Yeah, go Elf, then Hopper. Yeah. Elf, then Hopper. Okay, ready? Okay. All right. First question. Favorite subway restaurant? Uh, De Gustos. Hopper. De as well. All right. Okay. Favorite coach? Ever? Ever. Oh my goodness. Um. Fuck. Pat Keller. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with two. I'm gonna go with my dad early on, and I'm gonna go with Chris Knobloch. Love it. Kate, favorite spad prof? Zinner. No question. Yeah. Absolutely no question. Zinner. Love it. Kate, go to pregame meal. Um, spaghetti every day, always. I'm kind of a freak with this kind of shit. I have one exactly one chicken breast. With exactly measured amount of, of penne noodles and the exact measured amount of a uh, potato basil uh, sauce. Wow! <laughs> Talk about measurement there. Oh my god. All right, last question. Best pregame pump up song? Um, You're talking to the team DJ right now. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Like I've One that you know, meters. no matter what's going to get the boys going, want to go through a brick wall, burn it to the ground. I'm not a big room like DJ guy. I'm more personal music, so I'm not really in, like I'm into the I'm into the metal music and stuff. But I like Pompeii remix, the EDM, get the get the blood flowing, yeah. get the heart rate up, you know. Love it. Okay, good stuff. So that's gonna do it for the Silver Cross Fast Five. I'm gonna wrap it up here. Um, Tom, would you like to say a few things to the boys before we're done? Yeah, I just before Alex obviously takes the bigger chunk on saying thank you. I just want to say thank you on behalf of myself because. One thing my brother told me from being in SPAD is um, you actually become a family with the people that you're actually closer with in the program. And I was like, yeah, whatever. I'm just going to get my diploma and, you know, graduate. But from meeting you two and being in SPAD, and Alex can attest to this, I know that um, I'm going to have this friendship with you guys even upon graduation in five, ten years. And I just want to say thank you for you guys sharing your careers and obviously successful careers. And um, it's just a pleasure to have you guys on our podcast. And we really thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Just if I can piggyback there, Tom, you, you couldn't really have said it any better. Thank you. Um, again, when I when I first came into SPAD, it was like, you know, I, I'm not going to really know many people. Go in, get the job done, go out with a degree. Obviously, that's not the case for me. A lot right. of good friendships. Right. And these two, definitely one of our, our best friends coming out of SPAD, mm-hmm. um, for sure. So, one, thank you for coming on to the pod investing your time in us that really means a lot um listen people might not know these aren't household names there's no doubt about it but the stories are the best that we've had so far on the pod the stories are are second to none um and i think they're really valuable so i hope people really like this one the stories are are unbelievable so again boys thank you so much for coming on the pod means a lot All right, that was the interview with Alf and Hopper. Um, what a fun time, Tom. You got anything on the interview? Yeah, these two individuals, long overdue, Alex. We filmed this one, uh, sorry there, boys, uh, in, in December, like pre-before COVID technically was like 
in lockdown worse. Um, so we, we, we <laughs> it was nice to actually see people and film an interview. We haven't had an in-person interview in a while. Mace is laughing at me. We, we were allowed to do this, Mace. Don't don't look at this. Nine like before I said COVID. before COVID was bad, it was like when the restrictions were pre-lockdown. So Pre yeah, when the restrictions were lifted. Yeah. There you go. So um, Alfred and Hopper, I feel like these two individuals out will be like, you can't like, they'll be our friends. I feel like almost for the rest of our life, just because we know them through school and for sure. God brings people closer. And I feel like these guys, we might not talk to them for five to 10 years, uh, like after graduation when you get married and have family, like kids and have a family and that, but you can see them, I don't know, somewhere at a rink or down the line. And it's like, you never miss the beat. So two, uh, two fine young gentlemen, and hopefully they have a season next year um, with all this COVID shit going on. Hopefully they're actually allowed to play and Laurentian. Well, hopefully they have, hopefully they have, they have, they have a, have a team. team. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So good interview though, the stories and some of these leagues, man, like I was just like, what I've never heard of this, like where they've played or, not, not, not just where they played, like some of these leagues existed, is what I wanted to say. Yeah. So, uh, hopefully the, the listeners enjoyed it because it was that, fun. We have to have them be... back on, though. They're, 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 uh, they're comedy sure. together. For sure, yeah. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Good guys. Um, and, again, thank you guys for coming on. Um, okay. Uh, so, speaking, you know, we're talking about hopefully they have a season. Um, we, the boys, were in one. Uh couple weeks ago well not this weekend last week um so hockey around Sudbury has been canceled uh, in terms of Sudbury minor hockey SMHA Dunzo um they're canceled for the year um and prior to that the boys the boys were in isolation <laughs> um and actually we we're out of isolation as of Tuesday um, so this, as this episode drops, the boys will be free once again. Free man. Um, so, uh, we got our COVID swabs. Um, and it was, it was, uh, quite the experience. Uh, oh. Tom, Tom wasn't a big fan of this right from the get go. It's just, uh, like it goes back like nothing against, I don't want to rip anybody. I don't know anything about the medical field or the healthcare, but, um, it, it, it was crazy to me that. Um, a member that I'm not going to call anybody like any names, but a member on our staff had to reach out to public health. I get they're busy to um, tell us like a guy on our staff. Coaching it just, staff, it just staff. goes to show you, Tom. And I think I understand what you're saying. It yeah, goes you to can show you how through. overwhelmed public health is right now. Like there's yes. cases everywhere, everywhere, right everywhere now. man. I'm everywhere. not ripping on them. They're so no, busy and it, it was just it's so hard. But I, when, I, when, if, if the guy on our staff didn't call, like, we, we might have not even had to go in isolation and or get tested because they might have not even heard about the the outbreak on our team, right? So it's like... I, it's craziness. It's, it's cra- And it, the shit's actually real, man. Like, the test, like, I didn't know. Like, it, it's not that bad. Like, people, like the, the pros and no, the I, people get it get it down every day. But it's like a, the girl explained it to me um, before I got my swamp. It's like my swamp. My, uh, whatever you want to call it, the COVID test. test. It's, like, yeah. it's like jumping in a pool of water. Yeah, it's like up your nose quick, and that's what it was. So I'm happy that we were both uh, negative, Al, and you know we're yeah, that's the important Tuesday, thing. We're all so we're all negative. We're good. Yeah, because because um, I was a little worried, dude. Like y- you and Mace both know it's it's scary because I I had a grandma. You, just home did, you never dad, know, yeah. and I didn't know what I was gonna bring home, and it was just like for for those first couple of days waiting for the results, I was like 
stress panic mode. And so I'm, I'm glad it's, it's, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel and we're almost done through this and I'm glad everyone's uh, well and healthy on our team anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, really happy to hear that. I, um, the first time getting the swap, the girl was very nice. Um, <laughs> she, she boom. She told me all about it. Ba ba ba. I'm good. The second time I go, I go, I'm expecting the same kind of thing, but it got jabbed so far up my nose. This one, a guy almost snapped the swab. I saw it flex, saw it flex like Bryson's driver. Um, and it just like hurt. It hurt instant water from the eyes. Hey, he had a junior flex on the Q-tip. No kidding. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but we're all good. We're healthy. It sucks that hockey's gone. Um, yeah. A year ago today, our team, our team won in overtime against the Sioux, shocked the world. Um, and now we're here with no hockey, which sucks. Should be in the playoffs right now, beating the Sioux, but it is what it is. But the, the, but the vaccines are going around, man. I, I heard, well, I heard here's the thing: the vaccines need to get going like a lot more, a lot quicker. faster. We got just, I'm we just a bought ten million doses though from Johnson and Johnson. There. See, here's the th- yeah, I and I understand. I don't know where Johnson Johnson is being produced, but the fact that Canada hasn't been producing its own vaccine in Canada. Yeah. blows my mind yeah. blows my mind we're one of like the we're like the third biggest country in the world we have the money to do we should have been doing it from the first but you know what that's besides the point just let's get these vaccines out yeah there. And, and we and, we like from what we've been through all like this week it's like it's actually serious like all the phone calls we had to deal with and all that stuff so it's, shout it's out, like nothing against public health like shout out to the like we we haven't really mentioned much on this podcast like the frontline workers are working their bag off so and, and yeah, them, it's, 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 it's public health. It, it's, it's people in the long-term care homes. It's teachers, anyone that's like, even people working at the grocery stores like this, this shit's real. Yeah. Um, and it sucks, but it's almost done, man. I think hopefully, hopefully uh, we'll see what happens. I, I, you know, cases are kind of crazy here in Sudbury right now, but hopefully it dies down. Um, and, uh, and we'll see what happens, but, uh, anyways, let's move on, um, to the hockey pool, sticking with hockey, but the BTB hockey pool. Um, so scores for this week, greener is out ahead on Jackson's team. He's up by about 20, 30 points, 20 points. Um, it's tight average Joe's and Brett's team. Looks like Zillio is going to take the W there bros before Ajo's. Are gonna look. It looks like they're gonna get their first W. Congrats to Ev. Hopefully, I didn't jinx him. Um, Tom is in tight with the GGs. Hopefully, hoping for the GGs to pull through. <laughs> Polly V and Mason put the both put up the most points this week, and it's a three point deficit right now. It's crazy, um, and. I'm on a two-game heater. I'm gonna call it. I'm I'm almost up a hundred points on Whaler. I'm almost up a hundred points on Whaler. Yeah, Whaler's team. Whaler. Ever since he traded Liney, oh. uh, it's it's been downhill. Um, so the league, hey, the league's looking good. It's getting a little more competitive now, which I like. I'm seeing people drop and add people all the time. Um, so it's good. Boys, you got any thoughts? Yeah. Well, I mean, I I could not. Um, forget these points. So we usually when we talk about the pool, we talk about the, what's going on in the NHL. So um, I'll just stroke off my lease quickly, but it, it won't be long, I promise. 
So they go three games in Edmonton and held they held McDavid and uh, pointless in three games, and uh, two of those games were shutouts. So the Leafs looking good, but they they struggled the last two games Vancouver, and they they look like they're back to the the same team they were. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. Al, that that was good. And, like I uh, said, ever since they've gone public about this Matthews wrist injury, yeah, yeah, he it, he'll be fine. I'll I'll bet my well, house. let's hope. I also Listen. bet my uh, TFSA that he scores next game Tuesday against the Peg. Wow. You heard it here first. Heard it here first. Um, so Daryl Sutter, new uh, new coach of um, of Calgary. This one's a little iffy to me. Um, I know that he's had a good past uh, career in coaching in the NHL, but the I'm not going to call him old, but the older generation coaches don't look like they're getting along with players. Like, you need a player coach nowadays. I'm not saying anything about Sheldon Keith, but it looks like the players want to play for him and still want to learn because he's younger. You see all these younger guys come in now that, you know, relatively just finished from being in the league or some sort of professional league, and, and they, they can relate more to the players. Just like what oh, like with us for coaching a minor Bantam team, like the kids will listen to the youth because we just finished playing type of thing. And Calgary – they've been bad they've been struggling and they bring in an older guy that's been there like i like i don't know how it's gonna work they, he's saying that he loves uh i was listening to overdrive and he they were saying that uh i think noodles had him before or something and he he loves analytics and stuff so like i don't know like how that's gonna work i just don't think it's a good fit to bring in a i'm not gonna call him older but a an older generation guy with a team like that i feel like with the young guys they have in Goudreau and Monaghan and Tachuk, I think they need a little bit of a youth in that uh, for their voice. So that's just my opinion. I don't, I don't hate that take. I just, I think the guys won a couple of cups. He's been out of the, out of the coaching role for a bit now. Now a little more, but, new, little new motivation. I think um, I like yeah. Sutter. I like Sutter a lot. So I do too. But it's like he's, he's been out of the game now for so long. So it's like you see that's these what guys. I'm talking about this newfound motivation. Yeah, he's got a chance to take time, reflect. I he's going to have to change his style now, though. He can't go yelling at a guy like he did 10 years ago. Like, you know, I, Tom, these guys, these guys are good at what they, what yeah, they do. I think, I I think they'll be I just agree. fine. I, I just, I'd rather him than Babcock. That's what okay, I'll say. Yeah. I just wanted maybe, a I, little, I, I just saying. want him. I was just saying maybe a little bit of youth would have been nice for that young Calgary team. I don't hate it. I don't, maybe it brings youth on this, on the associate side. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, but uh, also, Nail better with Magdo. Yeah, one thing from hockey, uh, we can't let this no uh, go uh, without saying that um, Walter Gretzky passed away. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Walter Gretzky, absolute legend, um, in the hockey community. Like, um, I know like at least a, a few people that met him and signed him. and signed his stuff for them. Like, guy was like salt to the earth. Like, he was the ultimate hockey dad. It was beautiful. Yeah, oh, it was beautiful. It's sad, man. Yeah, sad, it was beautiful. Sure. He was a great guy. Um, Mace, you got anything on, on hockey pool or anything? Hockey pool's a joke. Um, I'm going to put up 280 points and still lose to Absurd. Tom's creator, Polly. <laughs> Tom's creator. Uh, but, uh, I, I'm picking up and dropping players every day. I, this was a full-time job this week was fantasy, and I still am going to lose. It's a joke. I'm chasing I'm greener. I'm like – what Your I'm team's a joke. The, uh, Sorry. Hey, well, I'm just want to put joke. that out there, I have too. the best wingers in the NHL. My team's a joke. I have a, a little bit of a rumor wire that uh, 
Brett's trying to get number 34 Poppy from you, Mace. I heard like the wrist injury, you're a little worried that you're going to maybe deal Matthews to Jackal from McKinnon. A little bit in the rumor wire. So maybe we have Mace. I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you right now what will happen with that. Brett will flip a deal with Tom. That's how it works. Those two are in cahoots. They've been in cahoots the whole way. Tom told him to pick up fucking what's his name? Oh, that that heat chim. He was over at my house. Told him to pick up Joe Pavelski. Pavelski. I I get it. But I also told you on many podcasts before to pick up Chandler Stevenson, and you You took him from. And he's one of your best players now. So like, I left him for you. Okay. Okay, Tom. You couldn't pick him up because he's on the waiver for you. No, I couldn't have picked him up because my team's too good. I don't want a fucking guy like that. Okay. Well, that's why I would, Tom. I Tom. I would have beat you like. By almost by 100 points this yeah. this week. Yeah, when half your team are waiver pickups with Dong's coin, Kairu, and I, I, Jim, I think you have two They're, guys on your team that are drafted from your like from day one. Tom, I'm winning. He's now. pivoting. Exactly. <laughs> You're playing the worst opponents. What did I tell you, Tom? I told you <laughs> I needed to shake things up, and what hey, I do, man. shake hey, things up. I really hope we all get in. Okay, let's put it that way. Yeah, we, well, at least two or three. We need two or three from the pod to make the playoffs. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, let's hope. Um, okay, let's move on. So we're going to move on to the Insta Q&A, sponsored by Mayhew Performance. Hit up Nikki and Mikey Mayhew for all your mining healthcare needs. Um, they're doing big things right now. www.mayhewperformance.com. Um, doing a lot of stuff with battery um, and collage borealis. So big things, big things. Um, and check them out. And a little bit of a twist. We didn't get to the Insta Q&A out. Uh, give everyone a breather from asking a bunch of questions. So we got a little trivia game. A little trivia game. Mace is going to tell us the rules. Let's get into it. All right. So we got three rounds of questions. You each are going to get a question each round. Uh, I have a um, a bonus round if we, if we do need to get to that point. Um, but basically... I'm going to ask uh, Al, you're going to start. And if you get the question wrong, Tom gets the chance to steal. And then it's his turn to answer his own question. So he can right. go back to back if he, if the opportunity presents itself. And and what are the topics? Right. Uh, we're going Sudbury sports and sometimes blended together. Okay. So sometimes it's going to be Sudbury and sports, sometimes just sports, Jesus sometimes Christ. just Sudbury. All right. All right. Al's got a pen and paper out. Yeah, and no devices, eyes up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Not question, question one. <laughs> he's got Woody's, Woody's hiding underneath his chair, sliding him papers right now. I have it in my AirPod. All right. Uh, all right, question one. Al Chimino. When did the Sudbury Wolves last win the OHL Cup? OHL Cup. OHL Cup, that's... Not the Mem- Memorial Cup, Boys World Cup 2007, 06-07. Wrong. Tom, chance to steal. No. What? I, I don't know why I want to say this. OHL Cup. I'm going to say 04-05. Wrong. Jim, they lost to Plymouth that year. Um, they did. They did. Never won the OHL Cup. What? Yeah. 
They See, just won their conference. No, if lost... I knew that, if you want to ask me that, I would have said that. But Jim, you know, he said a year, and he's like a dedicated season ticket holder fan. I, I had to go with a year. Fuck. All right, well, Tom, you you just had the chance to steal it. It's still your your turn for your question. Jim, he's all nervous. Oh, each other. So, Tom, yeah, I'm ready. Question two of uh, round one: What year did a Sudbury team last win the Telus Cup? Oh, 2008. Correct. Ding, ding, ding. I want to. I want to. Up one. You see that little alley? You see that little. I wouldn't. I don't think that was so easy, man. You see RJ's picture everywhere. It was like I was the next RJ, but nothing. Yeah, didn't even win a game. All right, uh, round two, question one. Who's this one? Okay, for you. What city hosted the first ever NHL Winter Classic? Oh my God! I know the game. I'm gonna go with it's Pittsburgh. Wrong, Tom. Your chance. Oh, to steal. I, well, Tom knows the answer now. Oh my God, Tom, come on, stay away from your phone. It's not. I'm not on my phone, dude. I see a reflection in your glasses. It's, All right, Tom. I'm just, five. I'm, just I'm like, how, where? Okay, I got, it, I got, it, I got it. It was between Buffalo and Pittsburgh, and when Pittsburgh wore that jersey, it was in New York. No. The state of New York? It was in, like, they played in Buffalo, city. New York. I don't know. Buffalo, New okay, York. Okay, thank you. Yes, Buffalo. Okay. That's the right answer. Wow, wow you should have took Up New York two. first. It, it, okay. Buffalo, New York, Jim. Sorry, man. They you know it. why I got screwed? Because Pittsburgh wore the dark jerseys. No, that's Pittsburgh did. wore the light blue one. I know. They wore the colored one, so I thought yes. colored was home. Jim's oh. going to do a naked mile right now. It's not good. That was good. Right. Crosby with Ryan Miller as the goalie. Oh, what a all right, Tom. Question two of round two. Yeah, give it to me. Corey Connors owns the course record at the Idlewild. What did he shoot that round? Oh, we talked about it this pot. We're gonna need the bonus question. I was, I'm, I was gonna say 63, but it's 65. That we need a new question. We need a new question. You need a new qu- All right. Well, new- I, I wasn't prepared that we were going to go that hey, in depth. About pro- it. I, thought I, know. Trump I was going to hint it at the start. Trump. New question for Tom. New question for Tom. New question for Tom. Tom agrees with that. Too. Yeah, yeah, I agree. If that was you, Al, I'd come through the screen right now. All right, Tom. I dialed this one up just for you. Okay. What city was Austin Matthews born in? Oh, my God. Scottsdale, Arizona. Wrong. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God, Alice. If you don't, oh. I, I, I honestly Camilo, heard the question. I was like, here. where he, oh. not Scott. I don't know much about Arizona. Glendale? Is that a city? No, unfortunately, it's San Ramon, California, California. San Ramon. San Wow! I I honestly thought it was like I don't know why I I, I knew that because I'm like the number one Masters fan, but I I heard the question. I was like, where did he like play? Yeah, or yeah. like, fuck. Nobody gets that though, right? No one gets it. Okay, perfect. I'm just like shooting. No, no what round are we in? Tom up two. So so this is round three, Al. You have to get both points here. So you have to hit your first question and then steal Tom's question. 
All right. So question for you, Al. Name three of the four NHL teams that Mike Foligno played for. Toronto. Buffalo. Oh, my God. Toronto. Buffalo. Toronto, Buffalo. Three of the – he played on four teams? Yeah, there's two more. You just need one. I know, this is fucking going to kill me. Toronto, Buffalo. Was it? It wasn't. Was it Colorado? No. No, he I'll was give front you office. Guess. I'll give you another guess. He he was yeah, front off. One more guess. This is killing me. Is there a this is uh, great radio hour clock? I know. Or? I know. Um, I'll just I'll I'll just throw a guess. Um, let's go. Let's go. New York Rangers, but it's no. No. Um, do you want me to steal? You just want to end the game now. Fortunately, it is the Detroit Red Wings. He also had a – Or the Florida the, Panthers. And the Panthers, yeah. Oh, my God. I was going to say, look at the jersey beside you. Nah. Detroit. I uh, I know. Right. I didn't want to give him a hint. All right. Well, Tom, you win. You I know, man. This was trivia. too easy, though. You're trivia next, Tim. I need a guy that actually knows shit. Hold on, wait. It's three nothing. How many rounds do we have left? Two. That was that was. We only did three rounds. Do you have another oh. question though, Mace? I have one. Oh, one yeah, last yeah, question. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'll yeah, give yeah. you can give Jim this, and if he gets it, we tie and we go into next week. Jim, this was worth like five points, four points. So I whacked. This is this is a a two parter, Jim. I'm terrible at this. I'm ready. All right, oh. two-parter here. When was the last time a Canadian NHL team won the Stanley Cup? And what was the team? It was it was it was the Habs. It was In the, what year? It was the Habs. It's it's the nineties. I know it's the nineties. It's either ninety two or ninety. The nineties. The nineties. It's it's. I think it's ninety two or ninety one. I don't know ninety. I don't go ninety two. Ninety two has. I'll uh I'll, I'll let it slide, Mace, because it's. Yeah, it's it's, it's a, a ninety-two, ninety-three team. Yeah, yeah. 92, 92, 93. That counts. That counts. Yeah. We'll give it yeah. to him. We'll give it to him. We'll bring this to next week. That Tom's counts. being a good guy, playing tummy six. We'll, no we'll bring kidding. This I'm a good friend, Ali. We're going five rounds next week. I'll have five rounds of yeah, questions. I like that. Bonus questions. I like this segment. I like this segment. I see the reflection on your glasses. It's your face, Al. <laughs> All right, let's let's, right, let's open some hockey, hockey cards. cards. We're some... on the hunt for Bertuzzi. Yeah, here we go. Great radio. I can never Philip open these Jakob Mark Markstrom, Eric Gustafson, Huber Wang, and Patty Marlowe. Absolutely nothing good. I got Vorchek, uh, Evander, and Debt Kane, um, Carter Hart. <laughs> 
Gotta hide. and then IR Matthew Shane. You guys opened your pack already? Yeah, you're like, Maria, get me the scissors. Okay. Brady Shea, Andreas Janssen, Tom can have that. Bennington, Shabbat, and Nick Suzuki. So not bad. Oh. Not a bad day. No, no Bertuzzi, though. No Bertuzzi. No but we yet. still got two cards. The Suzuki, Suzuki card. Yeah. I can't All right. I know that Matthew's question. Yeah, I knew what he answered. <laughs> I had to keep it fair, folks. Jeez. Yeah. All right. Um, so that's going to do it, ladies and gents, for episode 1919 of Behind the Bench. Thank you to Elf and Hopper uh, for coming on. We're on Twitter and Instagram at B2B Podcast, double underscore. And if you want to watch some funny clips, uh, some memes of Tom. You can check us out on TikTok at Behind the Bench. Um, all in our link tree on our Instagram. You can check that out. Uh, we release every Tuesday. Um, and what really helps us is a review and a rating. So please rate us on Apple. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give us a review and a rating. Um, that's how it gets the viewership up a little bit more. So we really and appreciate it's also, it. It's also how Alex sleeps at night if you give us a review and rating, please. Exactly. Exactly. Um, we're going to have to look at for, for the person that gave us three stars. If if you're listening and you gave us three stars, please reach out. We'll lo- we'd love to have a conversation. <laughs> uh, we'll put you on the pod. Yeah. We'll, we'll put give you, you an pod. interview. Um, I just I want to see where we can improve. Um, okay. So that's going to do it for episode uh, 19 thank you again boys you know it's been a tough week for me you guys stepped up to the plate and helped out a lot with socials and everything so i really appreciate it um you guys you guys are the best um so thank you guys episode 19 of behind the bench take care everybody see you next tuesday well i woke up to the sound of silence the cars were cutting like knives in a fist fight And I found you with a bottle of wine You had in the curtains And heart like the 4th of July You swore and said we are not We are not shining stars This I know I never said we are Though I've never been through hell like that I've closed enough windows to know you can never look back If you're lost in a long Oh, you're sinking like a stone Carry on May your path be the sound Of your feet upon the ground Carry on Carry on, carry on So I met up with some friends at the edge of the night